Hello and welcome to episode 223 of the Washed Up Emo podcast. I am Tom Mullen from washedupemo.com. Today on the podcast are the members of Braid talking about their 25th anniversary and tour for Frame and Canvas. I thought it'd be funny to interview them in order, asking similar questions about the album, their feelings about the record, the remixing from Jay Robbins, touring, and what's amazing is everyone gave different answers and memories. Plus, the secret gem of this episode, worth listening to the whole thing, I promise you, I ask each person to describe the other band members in one word. The answers they give are insightful, sweet, hilarious. So first up, we got Todd Bell, then we got Bob Nana, Chris Broach, and then finishing up with Damon Atkinson. What's amazing listening back to these interviews is how different everyone is and how they needed a vote of four to decide anything is brave. So they are back. All four of them are on board, ready to rock again. And so I really implore you, please stay and listen to every person's story to hear an amazing look at this record. And uh, please stay for Damon's stories because they had me really laughing toward the end. So um, really great to chat with everybody. And this was a blast. Thank you to Polyvinyl, uh, Tito, uh, the dudes for being game to have some fun. And go listen to the newly remixed and remastered Framing Canvas. It's on streaming services or pick up the vinyl with amazing never before seen photos and commentary from the band about that landmark album. Find all that via your friends at polyvinyl.com. Thank you to all the Patreon supporters. Hey, guess what? You can join as a free member now on Patreon. You don't have to pay. Um, there's a paid part of it, but you don't have to. So sign up, be a part of the Patreon, get updates from me. Um, learn more at patreon.com slash emo. Lastly, Double Elvis, thank you for the podcast network that I call home. They have an amazing play of shows that you should check out. And they're award-winning, like Disgraceland. So learn more at doubleelvis.com. This is episode 223 the Washed Up Email podcast with the members of Braid talking about the 25th anniversary of Framing Canvas. I'm interviewing everybody and we're going to do like quick little snippets about Framing Canvas and then I'm going to put it all together as one. Perfect. Framing Canvas, um, 25 years. Uh, how are you feeling? Are you feeling good? I mean, not, you know, not, not the weather, not anything, but like, how does it feel? <laughs> 25 years. I, it, I think the 20 year crept up on me five years ago. And I think this one came around, you know, we've been working on it for a while, the, the reissue, but, um, yeah, it's just a little bit mind boggling. How so that people are still talking like it about goes, it? It goes fast, and I think about like how much we've done in between too, musically. Like with us putting out <laughs> since that, we've done a whole brand new record, we've done an EP, and we've stayed together as a band. That's the crazy thing to me is that that record at the time came out when it did, and it was like a really nice snapshot of us as a band and then we're still playing like that to me is the incredible thing and it's really a testament to just kind of like how we work as a band you know we're able to do that it's not easy but we just kind of slip back into it and it's a blast what made it easy then and what what makes it easy now 
what makes what made it easy then and what make, makes it easy now? I don't know. I think it's just as you get older, you're just probably more comfortable with doing only what you want to do. And with those guys, it's just easy. And back then, the ease of it was our lifestyle and no commitments. Right. You know, that's the difference. But also just staying in touch and, and like reaching out. That's the hard part. It's just like in Chicago, I try to let those guys know I'm coming through. Or I'll meet, uh, last year, I had a friend in town and we just happened to be in Chicago. We took Bob out for lunch on his birthday. But it's just like still doing shit like that and keeping in touch and stuff like that. I think it's just, I don't know. With those dudes, it's just easy to stay a band. It's pretty. Um, because you're. Yeah. Because you're reaching out, like you said, for other random things that isn't music related. You, you just want to hang. It's just friendship. Yeah. I mean, once you've been, you know, been around each other for that long, you know. It's beautiful. You know? What about. Yeah, it's a good thing. What about going through um, archives and going through uh, photos while putting this together? What were some early memories of kind of looking through stuff? Anything that you remembered? Oh, um, man. We just got. Uh, our buddy Paul Drake, who is a photographer, and he had been on a couple tours with us. He had just been recently sending us a ton of emails um, with some really old photos, some of which I've never seen from like us being on Europe, in Europe with the Get Up Kids, you know, from like what was that, early '99 or whenever that was, '98 maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it was '98. Anyway, photos from that that I've never seen before. So that means that. For 25 years, this photo existed. My friend had it. He showed us a bunch. I just never saw that one. <laughs> what, know, just, what kind of emotions? It's just, it's just like a good feeling. You're like, oh, my God. And like once you – because maybe it was something that you were doing that a photo you didn't know was getting taken or you know, just something that you've never seen before. And it's just like, wow. It's like I remember like the carefreeness of those times and just being like gung-ho and just – on tour all the time just on the road it's great and i think that's also a part of that bond that we have as dudes because it's like we've spent a lot of time like that together like growing up you know and then what about how does that make me feel makes me feel fantastic but also yeah it should but also that you've been everywhere (laughs) and that over the years like that kind of had some weight to it because the next time you came back, there were more people, or if you had a new musical project, people came out. Yeah. I mean, putting in that work, um, I think, is a testament to why we are talking about it today. Yeah, and and you know, I think that just had to do with the age that we were and how hard-headed we were. And I wrote a little bit about that in the liner notes of Frame and Canvas, the new reissue, but just about us being like all or nothing, gung-ho and hard-headed about it and just – you know, not saying no and just getting out there. And even when you're halfway through booking a tour and you realize, wow, this probably isn't going to be a great one. Let's do it anyway. But those memories that you have from those shows that may not have been the best are the times that I remember the most. I love that. And great plug of the box, uh, the uh, packaging. Great job. Yeah, man. And I, I just realized today I was, uh, I was texting somebody. Oh, it was Paul, the guy that Paul Drake. Yeah. He got his in the, in the mail. Um, polyvinyl sent him a copy and I was like, yeah, first time gatefold. Cause that record's been pressed so many times right. and it's nice to see it with a big fat gatefold and a lot of liners in it and stuff. Like I think about the first pressing of that and how like out the door it was. Cause we were like moving, we were on tour, like get us records. And I remember that packaging is so basic on that first pressing and actually 
many of them up until maybe 10 years ago, but they didn't even have inserts in them. I had to talk to Polyvinyl because I was like, oh my God, like we went back on tour and we, he sent us some records and I was like, why aren't, where's the lyric sheet? How come the lyric sheet never made it in part of that first press? And as you know, oh my God, Bob and Chris are both fantastic writers right. lyrically. And I was like, why isn't this in here? Like people are, they want it, you know, it's like, this is part of our art. And now we got a great like photo spread and some narrative in there. And but the lyrics are actually legible. That first press was top to bottom, just one I'll have to send you a picture of it. It's incredible. Yeah, I'd love to see it's that. It's just a 12 by 12 thing. And it's just words because it's just full because it's got our production notes and stuff on there. But all of Bob's lyrics and Chris's lyrics are just – it filled that whole thing pretty easily. <laughs> One-sided, crappy 12 by 12 insert. Molly <laughs> Vinyl's like, they'll be fine. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Uh, did you, uh, as Paul was sending you photos or Polyvinyl was showing that, did did you start to look in your archives or the stuff that you have? Are are you a saver still? I, I am a saver, but I would say the photos that I was actually taking at that time are probably in storage. It's nothing that I have out or, or plan to dig out because I was getting so much better content from other better photographers, photographers than I was. And we, we also had the luxury just by chance of having that video footage that we kind of used at the beginning of the announcement. Too, so cool. Which who, is just Charles. Who shot all that? Bifocal. That's, that's bifocal media. That's Charles Cardello. Oh, that was right. from the original, that was from the original, um, killing a camera. Yes. Video. So he just pulled a bunch of old footage from that, which was at the exact time. Cause that was like, Right. That was we were coming off that record and we were kind of like playing our last shows and calling it quits. And he was there and him and his buddy, they came out like three of them came out, which is like in a car <laughs> from North Carolina and like some video cameras are like, yeah, we want to. He, he had gotten in touch before. And Chris knew him. He had a back uh, like a history with him. He had been before or something. And I know that I think some of the post braid stuff that Chris was doing, I think Charles was helping him with, too. Yeah. Charles is a great guy. He did this video a long time ago. Oh my God. What was it called? It was called the actuality um, of thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I interviewed him about it. Yeah. That's a great video. It's so cool. I remember, I remember it blowing my mind because yeah. I, it was like all of these, I mean, I was in North Carolina then for school and to have like all these bands and the way that they had those weird interludes and things like, I don't know. Yeah. It was fucking is that digitized was, anywhere. Do you have that? Or did you, anybody has uploaded that? I can, I'm sure it's on YouTube. Uh, yeah, I can. Um, I definitely I need ripped to it. Watch that. I definitely ripped it. I, I think I have a, v, I have a VHS copy somewhere. If I have it ripped on my server, I'll just send you a link to download All it. Right. Oh, I, you know what? There. Oh my God. Am I, maybe I'm thinking of a different video. Is that the one with that amazing Hal Al Shaddad footage? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Good video. I, Good for Charles. He had his it is it is on, on YouTube. It is on YouTube. And that was also ninety eight. That was ninety eight too. Was for that it? for the actuality of thought. Yeah. So oh, I was yeah. a I was a junior right. in college. You're right, it was. Interesting. All right, I'm pulling out this record so i don't forget to take a picture of this crappy insert and send it to you yeah 400 years jay june promise ring spaz you guys were right at the top uh, behind cave-in 
Come on, good job. Oh my god, that's right. Caven was on there too. Pieball, oh Rent America, Get Up Kids. Oh yeah. It's I, a goodie. Good sick. It is a goodie. Um now that you mentioned sort of that old school band, like anything else that you've been revisiting now that you've revisited 25 years ago, did it spur you to kind of um, listen to some other records or things it was, around it was that kind time? Of funny. It was kind of funny because once we were coming up, as soon as like we were like talking about a co- couple of social media things we wanted to do, somebody came up with the idea of like, hey, what was your playlist at this time in the van? So I think one of the people from Polyvinyl asked us, I'm like, this is what people want to know. So they built a, like a Spotify playlist around bands and songs that we were listening to at the time. And I thought that that was really cool. Which so songs that, did you yes. add? Oh my God. Let's see. Don't I worry. Listened, we can edit. I'd have, to look, I'd have to look up my email, but okay. I'm going to say that it was like Hoover, Shiner, Lincoln. Um, we had a, we had a sauce, Spot for the knot twist there's a knot twist album that we had dropped in there and like just like a ton of stuff let's see guided by voices uh modest mouse god i hated modest mouse at, at first really and bob just played it all the time just to annoy everybody oh my god but then chris would just like bother chris with music too and we just like have it was crazy and you know what's funny and i'm so bummed that we did this now like in retrospect, but at that one of those last shows that we played at the fireside when we had the big wheel that we were spinning and playing songs and we were giving away prizes, we somebody actually got a plastic bag full of cassettes from our old van. Wow, that's such and a I bad wish prize. We wouldn't have you done that. Dummies. Like we're just like fuck it, we're cleaning everything out. Like we were just giving finding stuff to give away that would be funny. So like here's a you know shopping bag full of old beat up mixtapes from the braid van as a prize. And I wish I still had all that stuff because that was stuff that we were just, you know, making to go on tour, you know. All right. Whoever's out there that has that, we need it. (laughs) I'm sure they all ended up in like a garbage can somewhere. (laughs) Um, I always loved the, uh, you know, putting those mixtapes together. Like like you said, Chris or Bob annoying everybody. What was that like, um, you know, controlling it? Was it someone, was it you had to play the whole side and then if there was a majority rule on before you flip it. What were some of the rules? I, I think it's whoever's driving has, has yes. the control. Okay. That's number one. They can do whatever they want. Um, and then it's, it's just like, usually it's whatever the driver wants to listen to. Cause they're in control. They're driving, they're doing the time they're sitting up front, either in a hot as hell van that has no air conditioning or they're <laughs> freezing their butt off, you know, in the winter, like that's the coldest place or the hottest place to be is up in our old van i remember we had holes in the bottom of the van that were so bad that when you were driving in the winter it was best to wear a sleeping bag while you're driving i remember wearing a sleeping bag while i was driving working the pedals at the bottom of a sleeping stop bag stop because it was so freezing in the van that that was like this the solution that is a horrible <laughs> solution you know this I'm sure you've seen more than one picture of braid in a river or a lake or something like that swimming. And Paul just like found that like yes. slinty kind of picture that we did. Mm-hmm. That was another thing. We would just go swimming because it was hot as hell. We had two solutions in the summer. It was find some place to get wet and then get dressed and cool off before we, while we're driving or get to a plan on getting to a show super early the, the day before 
so you can go to a movie theater where it's blazing AC. Oh, right. And we'd go there during the day and we'd pay for a matinee. And in the summer, when it's hot as hell and you're in there, it's awesome. But another great thing is that who's running a movie theater in the middle of summer, in the middle of the day? A bunch of dirtbag kids. A bunch of a bunch of kids. <laughs> so you, uh, literally, we would buy like one ticket. Someone would slip in, open the back door, let everybody else in, and we'd literally be there for six hours. So you and guys... we just go from movie to go from movie to movie. And then make it to sound check and then feel like we weren't sitting in a hot ass van all day. That is so smart. I remember seeing Boogie Nights on tour with everybody just for fun. <laughs> like we were just killing time before the show. <laughs> uh, that movie is yeah, crazy. That movie's crazy. Um, but, like that's what I remember. I don't remember playing. Like I, I remember some shows, but most of it is I remember stuff like that. That's beautiful. So that's the stuff that's fun for me. And that's why it's exciting to get back together and get in the van because, you know, just have more weird experiences like that. Super fun. Yeah. It's the in-between. It's the in-between. Yeah. What about listening um, to the remaster? What was that like for you? Because I already thought it sounded rad. And then to mm-hmm. hear that how the tapes were found and then, you know, sort of hearing it again on really good speakers. It's pretty I don't know. Kind of, it was. I was. It was a little surreal for me to kind of hear it that way again, or that yeah, way. I mean, I have. I I definitely have a different experience because I don't listen to that record. I haven't listened to that record. I, it wouldn't be something that I would put on. So when I listen to it, I listen to it pretty critically. Yes, and carefully because I'm usually relearning stuff. When I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to learn how to play that song again because we haven't played in 10 years or whatever. But most of the time I'm listening to it for a document, like as a document, like what did I do there? And then I, then when we get together with the guys, I'm like, oh, that one part I couldn't figure out. Oh, that's what I do. And I changed it because we used to write so fast and record so fast that the songs were so new that they actually improved on the road or we changed our parts or the way that we did it. And that's fun for me too, because I listen to the stuff and relearn everything. And then I get together with the guys and then Damon will do something. We're like, Oh, right. We do that. And it's just fun to like get in a room with people and play. I've experienced that a little bit more the last couple of years because I started playing in a band with some friends here in town just for fun. But it's not like, I mean, I, I go to an elementary school for work. Right. Right. And then I have a family at home and I'm just so busy and I just, it was just like a pandemic thing. And then I just started playing again, which is fun because music should be. And it was just something that I was kind of missing. And I would only really play music and get together with the guys when we were like doing, you know, a show or a reunion tour or mm-hmm. something like that, or Hey Mercedes was playing. Hey Mercedes played not that long ago too. You know, mm-hmm. and Chris is, I mean, I, I just had something pop up on my phone. Like it was like a, an archive flashback thing from, you know, on this day. And it was like, I was seeing Chris with sunset here in Milwaukee, like near new year's. I was like, Oh shit, that's right. Sunset played here in a little tiny bar and Chris and I hung out. It's like, that wasn't that long ago. And I was like, Oh my God, that was 10 years ago. Wow. It's just bonkers that like, I don't know. Time flies, but it's good times to um, uh, see this crazy record come out. Yeah, and I wanted to bring up something earlier that I think maybe ties everything together. Um, is 
how do you guys have the tough conversations to keep it going? I don't think we have any real hard conversations. I think we're just good enough friends to let stuff like that, anything that would be difficult to roll off and just not take it as seriously because now, now us getting together and playing and hanging out. It's all like, because we want to, because it's hard. Like we're all so like in our own little worlds with our lives and our jobs and our families that getting together is a, is a challenge. And it's like, you just kind of like, are happy to have those moments mm-hmm. because it's just fun to be back together and you can't take it for granted. You know, the fact that we can get together and do this and release a record again and just go out and play as many shows as we want and not worry about it and just go out cause we want to. And we're happy with the product that we like did and the mastering job and the remixing job. It's like remixing that record was really fun because it was like Jay would send us a, a mix of something and just be like, Oh my God, there's tambourine in that part. I forgot. And it was like either buried in the mix or it was on a track that we cut out. Wow. Like he's, he started with everything. He just basically remixed it without even looking at how it was. Oh, wow. Before. He just listened to it pure again. Yes. Holy shit. So it's like, and then just finding stuff like that. And there was some stuff. So, so that to me, And I guess I'm, like you said, as a critic, I'm going to know it because we were there and I've listened to it a ton and we play these songs and I've been playing some of these songs for nearly 30 years. You know what I mean? Maybe not the songs on Frame and Canvas, but some of the songs that we're going to be bringing out on this tour, you know, and that's fun because like this is the opportunity now for us to go out and sure, play the record and maybe a couple of those songs never really fit in our set and we didn't plan that much. But now we get to play the whole album front to back, super fun, and play a couple songs that we normally don't play. Like playing Ariel, I love that song. Playing Collect from Clark Kent, I love that song. My part, there's no way I would write a part like that today. Wow. So it's like, it kind of takes me out of my comfort zone from what I'm playing now to go back and kind of like, oh, for lack of a better term, regress to like play this weird part that I would never write today. But learning all those songs again and playing them, those become my favorites live because, you know, we don't we didn't really play them live. And then we get to then we get to learn another eight or ten songs to kind of like have in our back pocket that we can play, you know, if we want to do the album and come out and play a couple more. So those are those are the ones that are fun for me, too, because we get to pick and choose, hey, which which couple do you want to play for sure? you know, and get a couple, you know, get a couple sets going like that, that we can kind of mix and stuff if we do a different show that wasn't a frame and camera show. Like maybe if we do an after show at Riot Fest. Mm-hmm. Mix it up a little bit. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love it, Todd. I have one last question for you, and then I'll let you add anything else if you want. Are you talking to Bob and Chris tonight? I'm t- yes, I am. <laughs> awesome. And then Damon tomorrow. Perfect. Yeah, I'm so glad you guys were able to do this. Um, and I think it'll be really fun for people to hear everyone kind of... I, mean, I have some of the similar questions for everybody, so I think it'll be kind of fun to hear everybody's answers, but not totally because everyone has their own kind of yeah. flow to it. Um, describe the other three members with one word. So let's start. Bob. Each? Yep. Okay, one word each. Okay. Describe the Bob. other three members of Braid. We're going to start okay. with Bob. 
one word that describes Bob. Yep. Uh, Bob could be described as analytical. Okay. Chris. <laughs> oh my God, Chris. Incredible is the word that I have for Chris. I like that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Damon. Oh my God. Damon Atkinson. Backbeat. The word is on the street. That was perfect. That was perfect, Todd. That was great. I like those. Um, anything else you want to say about Framing Canvas or sort of a, you know, your, um, you had some great quotes early on, but anything else you want to mention about it while I have you? No, no, just that, you know, we're lucky to do it. We're lucky to get it out again in a different format, remixed, remastered, did something with it. And it gives us the opportunity to go play some shows and see some friends and, you know, hang out together. So excited to do it. Glad it's happened. Right on, Thomas. Good talking to you, man. I, I, I look forward to seeing you in L.A. Have a beautiful evening and thank you for the time. All right, man. Cheers. Dozen roses in the car, and I don't know where you are. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. You're moving like a movie. You still Hello. Hi, Bob. Hey. Hey, Tom. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Pretty, pretty good. Good. That's really good to yeah. hear. Yeah. Why? Why? What? Why are you? Why are you feeling good? I, I was on a call with um, Matt Lunsford and Jay Robbins, uh, and for a vinyl emergency, and you know, it's like I just had to sit back and think about like how cool it was that like <clears throat> after 25 years, Jay Robbins is still kicking it and making music and recording bands, and was you know got contacted by. Inner ear. Polyvinyl is like thriving in like just blowing up and is still doing great. And then as far as Brig goes, we're still, we're friends. Like <laughs> 25 years later, you couldn't ask for like um, just a more perfect um, confluence of lasting institutions. <laughs> Is it, are, we, are we old enough to say that? I yeah. Guess, but, I mean, okay. why, why, why was what the hard conversations that you have to have in relationships, right? They go good yeah. or bad, the ups and downs. Why was it, why is it easy with your group? With Not your group, but the, the group. Yeah. Yeah. It never, it wasn't always that way. It definitely wasn't always that way. Um, I think we are older, obviously, and just more mature. And when we were sort of, I mean, basically kids, but like, you know, early 20s or so, and just running ourselves sort of ragged, um, we didn't really, we weren't very considerate of each other's um, space, personal space. And I don't know, we, we could have given each other whatever those sorts of what's the considerations mm -hmm. and you know we were just like go 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 and so that sort of thing eventually broke the band up but you know once we sort of reconciled everything very sort of organically and naturally like um 
Chris and I just started hanging out and like DJing and stuff. And then we decided to do like the new record and we just became like friends again. And, you know, at this time as adults and definitely more respectful of each other's boundaries. And so we have a, yeah, I think we've got a good, uh, proverbial head on our shoulders now Yeah, <laughs> in terms of it all. And that, and again, that must feel good. Like you feel comfortable around each other. You're listening, yeah. right? Right. It's like, you know, you said it yourself. It's like any relationship or it, it's really a relationship. I mean, it's, you, you, it's maybe if you had a business, probably like a friendship or relationship, some sort of partnership in order to thrive and last has to have that that just the yeah the openness and the transparency and the sort of respectful mm-hmm. um consideration of, of each other that you know we just i don't know we we were just immature and had our own sort of um you know uh, plans in our own head and you know yeah we weren't I, considerate I just think looking, looking, even when I heard, you know, Matt telling me that this was going to happen and and then just being like, oh my God, this is so cool. And how they found the tapes and going Mm -hmm. through it again. Like, was there an emotion that you didn't expect to happen when you were kind of starting to look at photos or listening to the mixes? Um, that's, I don't know. That's a good question. Not really, because, you know, I, I had, we've, you know, been through something similar before. I, I know I, well, actually, I, I take that back. I I do this time really get the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, just that people are just very over the top uh, um, about their, love of the record i'm feeling i'm feeling that more Mm -hmm. like um people being inspired by it or you know you know jay and matt talking about you know how they heard or when they first heard it what did they think about it and things like that and um that's getting to me a little little bit and you know I, i i like that it's you know i don't um, think about it uh, too much. I don't think about it enough to like make it right. hard for me to to do or or put like some pressure on myself to 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 do. I mean, what um, we've been good at, Braid's been good at, is like um, really just making sure that we play a good show and put on a good show and not half-ass it. And you know, we called our last record "No Coast" for a reason because. We just didn't want to seem like we were coasting, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I just I, – I want us to – and we do. We'll, we, we're going to – you know, <laughs> we keep trying, you know? Like, so it's nice that everyone has been, you know, coming to us or whatever or writing about the record and being very, um, you know, uh, kind um, in their words about it. But, and, that, and that's great. I'm just, it's, just, it's, it's so that I think is making me more excited to play it for people live. I mean, to hear back that feedback is nice, but also you guys were going to do it anyway. 
So this is just that that's just ice icing then. If everyone hated yeah. If everyone was sick of it, you know, we'd just be like, forget what well, we're doing it anyway. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll do Chicago, Tom will show up in LA, there'll be some New York people. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so but no, I think I think that's a I think that's I it's not that I was looking for that answer, but I'm I'm happy that you kind of went that route because there are those emotions that come back when you see something for this many years or people yeah. revisit it and there's a revisionist history a little bit about it. But I think yeah. I think all the work that you put in then is paying dividends. Yeah, I, I mean, now I hope so. It's, you know, I never in a million years would have thought when we were kind of touring relentlessly and, you know, just to take it one step aside, it's like we were touring relentlessly and playing these songs so much that it made the recording process easier mm -hmm. and we were well rehearsed when we got there and um excuse me we're able to like um bang it out um but never in a million years did i think like well this is really going to pay off in 25 years <laughs> or whatever or we're really going to be happy that we did this in 25 years i you know like i said we weren't really thinking about other anything other than like the next show and so like even when braid broke up in 1999 we were immediately like okay like what's the next band mm -hmm. <laughs> like and then we went on tour again so like um the you know the fact that you know we're able to revisit the record now 25 years later and play it for people that are excited to hear it is like just uh, amazing and yeah, it's, it's, I'm glad that the stars uh, have aligned in that way. I mean, it is. I, I just think it's an absolute miracle. You guys, you guys are are going to enjoy it. You are friends. You you've got you know this. There, there's a reason, but it's just. I think it's beautiful. You're still around. You're still healthy. You can still play. Um, yeah. You can you can see each other. Um, uh, yeah, if, we can stand being around each other. That's kind of nice. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um. Talk about the packaging and putting that together and seeing photos. Yeah. What was that like for you? Well, I have to admit, I have not physically held what happened it yet. Well, because they sent it to me. Actually, it was just last week, but I did. I just moved, right? So oh. I didn't. I'm not sure about the like mail here. <laughs> so I had them send it to my parents' house, and which is, so it's there. But I just I haven't gone and gotten it yet. So you haven't like, seen. Just, what about when you saw comps of it, or you oh, saw? Well, I mean, obviously, I I can you know when you know, I, I am a bit of an archivalist. You know, you probably know this. Like, I keep kind of I keep everything. You know, like any like notebooks, scraps of paper that ended up becoming like lyrics, photos, flyers, all that stuff. I just keep it in a box um, and carry it from apartment to apartment, <laughs> waiting for twenty, waiting for twenty five years for somebody to call me up and say, "Hey, we need that stuff." Right. No. Um, so you know, I obviously I when we decided to do it and had this I had the idea for some of the artwork, I went back and found a lot of that stuff and <clears throat> um, sent it to Polyvinyl so they could use it and. It, it, you know, I, I'm glad that people are going to be seeing it in like an official way, but like, it's sometimes I'll just like in, in, in an effort to, um, 
like actually really archive the stuff. I've been scanning a lot of that stuff in over the past 20 or so years and putting it on a hard drive. So like I've kind of seen it mm -hmm. here and there <laughs> and I've always, and I've kind of like taken a little mental catalog of like, Oh cool. I've got, you know, the lyrics or whatever we wrote the Killian camera lyrics and I was shit like crossed out in there and I was figuring it out. It's so, like, I knew I had that. So, um, you know, I knew where to go to find it when they wanted to ask me about it. And, I, and, I, and I'll say this, too, because I've, I've said it before, because I've seen the final artwork. I've, I've seen it, like, um, but I just haven't held it. And, you know, they use some of the scribbled lyrics and stuff. And it's, I have to just mention that the lyrics are scribbled because I was probably in the, in the van, a moving van while that was being written. Um, it's, it, but it looks like, you know, I said like a serial killer wrote that or, so, or just somebody who's, I don't know, unwell. But yeah, I was in the van. I like that. Now I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> looking at the exact page that you're talking about that I see that. There's one of them where it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely. Uh, yeah, it's like, wow, what is. <laughs> I think Bob's unwell. Like yeah. Locked up or something. Yeah. Or this, should be locked up. Yeah. This is definitely a collect call. This is definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, one thing I did like about it. And I do want to talk about this a little bit so you, with you specifically. Is there's the index of braid facts as of uh, two one ninety eight, which I think is fucking great. Um, did you did you have those ready ready to go? You knew those, or did did you have to count? Um, did did you know this was in here? Two one ninety eight. Um, no. It says number of <laughs> What are you of, talking about? <laughs> it's on the last page and it says yeah. index of braid facts as of 2198. Number of weeks braid has been a band. Oh. Uh, it says 214 number of shows braid has played 353 number of which oh, were played well, in Illinois. Why. Did you did you do this? I'm, I feel I feel so well, bad. I mean, I'm like telling you things you've never seen. No, that's fine and I've I've definitely done stuff like that. I mean when um you know around that time I was, you know, doing the braid like <clears throat> website and mm -hmm. um, was very, very, very up to date on like putting all the shows we played in there. And then after a while, I was like, oh, this is sort of an interesting little like, <laughs> it's a shame like infographics weren't like all the rage back then because <laughs> You'd be like sad. I had all that, all those stats and like basically spreadsheets, you know, being like, Oh, we played a hundred shows with the get up kids. Wow. That's interesting. And like, how, who, who's, who's in second place, like stuff like that. Um, but no, that's super cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. Was, again, I, I wish I, I wish I knew that. I did hear that there's a, the frame on the, there are like embossed things on it. Yes. Um, which is really cool. Like, I really can't wait to see this. That's <laughs> I love that. I'm like, oh, Bob's totally seen what all this. songs are on it? I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> There's a B-side. Uh, just kidding. Um, wow. The, <laughs> you know what's interesting uh, about that? I know for an absolute fact that <clears throat> Braid played in um, Vancouver in 1999. We had two or three songs that we were working on that never ever got recorded and i'm pretty sure we played one in in vancouver but i can't find any 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 um recording or anything of it and then my friend david mchenry do you know david mckank no he's a he's um he's from san diego he's been putting up a lot of um videos and stuff on youtube that he has um he's been around forever he's a really good dude um 
he used he did a zine for a while called Perpetually Twelve. I think he still does it. Um, he texted me. He's like, "Yeah, I've got this video of Braid opening for Seaweed in, I guess, Bottom of the Hill. I forgot where it was. Somewhere." And he's like, "And you play a new song on this?" What? I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. He, he said, "You play it." But, but I'm a little confused. He said, you say it's a new song, and you play it. This is what he said. And it sounds a little like Please Drive Faster, but Chris sings it. And I'm like, I don't – that that doesn't sound familiar at all. So I'm curious. I said, okay, well, when this is uh, – when you post this – he's putting them up on YouTube. When you post this, tell me. Like, I want to see that. Because I knew that – I know there was – there's – I don't remember when the Chris sang – but there was one that we had in, um, like I said, pretty sure we played it once in Vancouver. Wow. When is that When is that going up? I don't know. All I'll, right. I'll bug him about it. Yeah. Well, let me know if you need me to, to bug as well. That's, that's, uh... Well, you can look it up. You can, you can, um, What's you his YouTube? Easily find, you can easily find him on YouTube. It's, it's probably Mick, Mick Hank, M-C-H-A-N-K. Okay. I'm sure that that's what he's. All right, I will. Under. I will like and subscribe. Um, one thing Todd said was that there wasn't a lyric sheet when the record first came out, and then I think his story was when it convinced him the sheet in there was like super small, and so for him, he was excited seeing the packaging that there was like the lyrics from both you guys, Chris huh. and, and you, in there in its rightful place. In in frame and canvas? Yeah, he said there wasn't in in the vinyl. There wasn't a like a lyric sheet or initially. Well, I don't. That, it's interesting. I don't remember. I remember there being a lyric sheet. In fact, it came up on the call yesterday with Matt because he was like, "Yeah, the original lyric sheet was this, just like, uh, you know, kind of thrown together, really hard to read sort of thing." That, that's what Todd did. said. Yeah, he said it was hard to read. So now that it's in here again, that you can read it. Got it. Okay, then that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was but was funny, and this did not come up when we were talking with Matt. Was like, we had to convince Matt to do vinyl of Frame and Canvas at first. He, they didn't. They were. They weren't sure they wanted to do it just because vinyl wasn't really selling that well and so i think it might have been todd to be like listen just do it make it it doesn't have to be a lot just do it please." right which then maybe that's why they you know slap that thing together because i would think so wow um one thing i loved on the marketing side was the video that you guys yeah. released um what was that like looking through some of the killing a camera extra footage did you have any um, fun doing that. Oh yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with like picking out um, but just what watching it. Used. Yeah, but watching it. Yeah, oh, it was, it was really cool. And you know, what else was really cool? Like, you know, I it, this, you know, seeing that sort of, um, you know, on Spotify when you there's like a song and it's got the video behind yes. it. Sometimes that's annoying as hell. And maybe it is always annoying as hell, but like, I was like, I wonder if we got that. Then I was like, yep, we did. I was like, oh, that's cool. I have no idea how they do that. Kind of don't care, but that was cool. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that the video was, was great. You know, Braid, we technically, I guess we did a video for Bang, but I mean, we didn't really have too much to do with it, but like, 
we never have done we've never done a video so this was like kind of the closest thing even though you know it was our younger selves jumping around i just like that it was, was it was the in it was the in between you know goofing off or yeah. um, which i think is what now people <clears throat> enjoy looking at yeah oh for sure I, you know there's one thing i want people to understand about brain <laughs> is that we were fun like we were fun like i want the people to think we were fun <laughs> you know i don't want the people to think we were just like real too serious or too quote i'm going emo right like we we like to have fun we like to joke around like make jokes and stuff like chris is one of the funniest people <laughs> have you talked to chris yet not yet okay he's he is like no one else i've ever met in in many ways but like yeah so we're just I, i'm glad that we all have like a sense of humor because <laughs> you know if we if there you know i have been in dance with people that don't really and it's not easy yeah i think i mean todd touched on this a little bit of like that kind of if there is a disagreement or if there's something there's a way that you roll it off your back or you know that it's just there's a there's just a, a different mindset to it and if you're having yeah. fun that's going to help oh yeah absolutely um i love the other thing you guys did was the playlist in the van yes which songs yeah. were yours from that playlist any ones you want to list off it was well i it was i know i remember a lot of the songs we were listening to in 98 when we were on tour specifically in europe because like we had the the cassettes that we brought and you know we i guess get up kids had brought some 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 as well but that was really it like so i remember we listened to modest mouse a lot we listened to the lonesome crowded west a lot we uh, paul drake had um clarity fuck yeah so we listened to clarity a lot um i remember we listened to neutral milk hotel a, a decent amount and then um the first tour in europe somebody gave us when we were in germany someone gave us a tape of the no twist and said oh this is like the best band in germany right now and we we're like cool thanks and then like we listened to that a lot the no twist record and they've sort of become one of my one of my favorite bands so cool yeah uh, todd told a story that one of the last framing canvas tours that a prize was the mixtapes from the van that you gave away yeah how do you in feel a, about in that like a grocery bag in a grocery bag <laughs> do you think those are in the trash or do you think someone has them i really would depend on who got them do you um, know who i bet they're in the trash i i bet they weren't like purposefully put into the trash i think they probably got somehow disregarded right because if you for, kind of forget where you even got them Someone, you know, someone else might be like, I don't know what these are, but they're cassettes. Like, they're useless, you know? So, yeah. And then someone uh, hears no twist and they're like, I don't really know. I don't know what this is. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> no, that's, I, I, um, I will, I, I will take the half glass full. I think they're somewhere. I, I think someone listening right now so. has it and they're going to reach out. I hope so. <laughs> um, anything else that has, has come up 
that you haven't been able to talk about about framing canvas or as you're sort of gearing up for tour and kind of revisiting this time anything else that's that you've that's bubbled up for you like we're playing furnace fest and we're playing um the fest in gainesville though those were announced already mm-hmm. and we're going to be playing frame and canvas live and so what sort of like is kind of blows my mind a tiny bit is having to play and you know i, I don't say it like begrudgingly but like it, it's going to be fun and odd to play something like consolation prize fighter or even i keep a diary like at at a fest right <laughs> you know they're these are like definitely Constellation Prize Fighter is a song that, like, we we kind of stopped playing pretty soon after the record came out. And so, like, when we did some framing canvas shows for the 20th anniversary, we, you know, we learned it and, and played it. Um, um, but, you know, it was just one of, it's sort of a fun sort of oddity because it was that was one of the two songs on framing canvas that Damon didn't write. He, he uh, Roy, our old drummer, wrote that drum part and it was so it was a little squirrely but uh you know the just imagining have being on stage and being like all right we're gonna play this like pretty obscure wacky sort of song um it's kind of exciting to me and then i keep a diary is i i like that song a lot um but it's you know again that it's sort of been relegated to the frame and canvas shows because you know, it's sort of long. It's longer, and it has mm-hmm. sort of the end end of the set sort of vibe. And I don't know. It just we we didn't usually play it at, in just regular old sets. Um, but it's going to be interesting hearing that or playing that in like a you know like a really slow song at, at, at like a fest. So I guess what I'm getting at is like it's it'll be interesting to play these old songs in like at a festival yeah. which we have not done ever so it'll be fun that's beautiful um describe um your other members of the band in one word okay first one up sure todd <laughs> i my the first word I, I that came to mind was diligent okay and i don't I, just because i, I and, and you know you said one word so i should shut up but like um you know he's just very organized and has his you know just and he's a teacher too like he 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 must his lesson is like lesson planning and like it's his planning in general and also just his you know he keeps track of like a lot of the merch all the merch basically all the merch um and all of the vinyl represses and he just somehow keeps it all together like i feel like a lot of that would drive me crazy a little bit but he's he's like the glue i love in a it. lot of ways all right yeah. chris oh god <laughs> um you're you've asked this of all of everybody haven't you not yet are you going to i'm going to um I mean, you said one earlier. You said hilarious. Yeah, I'll say hilarious. But you know, I don't want—I don't want to make him sound like a clown, you know, because he's not a clown. But he, because he's just—he's—he's—he's now he's brilliant. He's one of the most brilliant people I know. But like, he's also 
he also has the sort of knack to will do um, really out like will, will go out of his way to make you laugh. Like he will hurt himself if it'll make you know what I mean? like just or or to shock you in some way. I love that. Like he's um that's why I like I said I love him to death and because there's no one like him. Like he there was a he was there was a time when um he him and his like he'd approached my my friend and I at one point um. I, I had a one of my best friends was like a like a, not a filmmaker but like an aspiring filmmaker wrote screenplays and stuff and would do would do like sort of short films and stuff and he Chris wanted to do a film that was in a fake language like he he had this like funny like fake language that him and his brother would do and he wanted to do like a, a I don't know like a feature like a film just in this made-up language. I don't know. It's like shit like that. I like, love that. Spend your time. <laughs> like, that is insane. Anyway. I love it. Damon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that I'll, I'll... I think the word is rock. And I, I, you know, take that in all the ways you want to, but like as sort of the rock that like keeps the band rhythmically together but also like you know he's always been like <laughs> i you know I, my 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 want to say moral compass but like I, like he's just he he's so positive and always just keeps such a really good attitude and he's also very very organized as well so the brain is it's very well balanced in terms of like what each of us are good at in terms of being in a partnership, you know, like we got two people like Todd and Damon who are just like very meticulous and very organized and can keep a ship afloat. And then there's Chris and I who can be flighty and absent-minded and sort of, you know, for lack of a better word, maybe unreliable or something. But like, they just, they're just, yeah. So I'll say rock. And also, like, he rocks, right? I mean, he's, <laughs> absolutely he's like a, yeah. Yeah. That was perfect. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, yeah. no problem. I'm curious to see what, uh, what everyone else said about everyone else. Yeah, it's very fun. I think, here's I just... what I think about Bob. Yeah. Asshole. Yeah. Can't wait for this to be over. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see you, man. So awesome. Have a great rest of your night. Hey, Tom. What's up, man? What's up, man? (laughs) How you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. Been a crazy year. But how are you? I'm good. 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 I think what's crazy about Framing Canvas, A, that it's 25, but also that this is even possible. I mean, Matt, polyvinyl, (laughs) still rolling. Jay, still rolling. You guys are still friends. Like, what what magic sauce is going on right now? I love it. 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think we had this conversation, you know, 11 years ago or something, 2011 or 2012, you and I talked, I think. I remember sitting in my car outside an apartment before you know, I was married, before I had a kid, like, you know, can like I mention any, like, that, before I had any kids. I have three now. Yeah. You, yeah. you and Bob doing that really early for me um, helped solidify it very early. It was you, you guys, and, and, and then Jim did it. Jim Atkins, when he did it and you guys did it, I was like, oh, I think there's something here. Um, so oh, anyway, good. I wanted to thank that <laughs> you guys were, you know, uh, you guys came on and um, chatted. So that meant a lot. Well, that's cool, man. I, you know, I, I have some kind of a, I suppose what's, what's interesting to me is that um, I think I'm starting to realize that the thing that we did was kind of a big deal, I think. And, and I didn't, I don't think I knew that until, um, you know, like what, what we did as a band and what we did with frame and canvas specifically, but just the, the way that we went about doing things and the, and the way that we brought this to people was unique, you know, in and of itself. And it spoke to a lot of people and it still does. And I suppose uh, I don't know that I ever really expected it to to have legs this long, and to have people continue to refer to it. You know, not that not that I didn't think it was good because I I, I did. You know, but you know, boy, that was before the internet, right? And now here right. we are, post post internet, and you've had like three four waves of this this genre come and go, and it's it's ebbed and flowed here and there, and and. And here we are, you know, still talking about um, this record makes it on lists and and things like that. And I mean, it's, I mean, and and to be honest, I'm starting to realize that wow, it's it's um, and it does for good reason, you know. So yeah, it feels. I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I don't know how to say it. it's interesting. It's it's awesome, you know. Uh, it's kind of unbelievable. Yeah. Really. I, yeah. that, that that's the thing that I kind of when 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 Matt Lunsford mentioned it and sort of talking about this and I was like thinking back I'm like oh my god yes it's great that the record's coming out and it's repackaged and remastered and you know remixed and uh, we can talk about that but also it just that it exists and that it's happening and so many things get lost so many things from that era got lost totally and so for this to kind of just I don't know. It just has a life of its own. Yeah. And, 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 it, and I don't know. I mean, I think it's just, it's continued to have a life of its own without like, without us, like, you know, of course, Tom, like, you know, we, we take breaks, we don't do a lot here and there. And then we get together, we do some stuff, we put out another record, we put out an EP and then, but, but it does work in the background and it's sort of this, this gift that keeps on giving or this trap that we can't get away from, you know, in some, in some regards, I, I say that, I, I say that jokingly and I don't mean it like that, but it's uh it's truly just like this. It has a life of its own that, that is beyond, I think the four of us, you know? Yep. That, that's what it feels like anyway. Yeah. What was it like when you were, um, you know, getting ready to kind of put this together, see the packaging, look at photos from Drake. What was that like for you? Um, 
like the oh like the Paul Drake photos and yeah and or the, even uh, just like when Polyvinyl sent you some mock-ups or so, yeah. showed you what what was it what were some theme feelings um you know I was I, to to be honest like I've never had this many people at a label um uh work with me you know like it's always been like a cu- couple of people and and cool we're getting it ready yeah we got the artwork and but we had you know Polyvinyl's like you know, polyvinyl is a force, right? And so, in in my mind, they're, you know, they're. Um, I couldn't believe that the the amount of people that they have working on the record, just at least that are that are involved in making it happen, right? That from from their marketing people to their digital people to the packaging people to the project. There's like a project, you know, person. You know, I I don't even know what everybody's role is, but I you know I I was very clear and being like you know thank you thank you for like for doing all this work for us you know and and, and being a hundred percent beside behind this i mean some of the guys you know i know it, you know of course i go go all the way back with matt from before polyvinyl was even a label but there are people there that i knew separately from polyvinyl that came to polyvinyl later that I worked with on other records and other bands later on. And now this person is at polyvinyl and, and like, we're all working on this old record that we always used to, you know, like that, that, that kind of got me introduced to these other people working with them in the past. And now we're all kind of home and working on this record. It's really, it's really kind of amazing. I mean, you know, getting all of this stuff together, like, you know, some of the, the old pictures and stuff, like I know I have like, a treasure trove of pictures somewhere hidden that didn't even make it into this repackage. But the ones that we did find from Andy Mueller and Mm -hmm. and that we did find from um, Paul Drake and the ones that we found from, from, you know, whoever else there's some, I'm sure there are others in there um, are just, you know, we, they're really, you know, great photos to just kind of go back and like, just like look at, you know, it's, it's, the packaging's great. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's it's hard to like not love everything that's happening about it, you know. And the fact that it was remixed and re- remastered. I mean, that talk about listening hap- to that. It Ta- doesn't happen. It doesn't happen to bands. Like you don't just twenty five years later, someone's like, "I want to remix this." Like, no, that record's dead and gone, you know. So it kind of does speak to the to the legacy, I suppose, that it has. And I don't like to use that term with us. I have once before. But I think I'm starting to realize that that it's you know that it's happening that way. Um, yeah. What, what was the question? Oh, what, listening. Yeah. yeah like, what listening? about hearing yeah. it? Because Bob mentioned he's like, I didn't know that had tambourine. Yeah. Yeah. There was one. There was one part that was like, oh, this. And, and I think what probably happened when we were originally mixing it is we were like, oh, let's get rid of that and we muted it, you know. Um, but then it, I don't remember which song it's on. It might be at the end of like uh, collect from Clark Kent or something, but mm-hmm. um, I can't remember offhand. But in any case, I heard it too, and I was like, "Oh, well, no, I like it now. That's cool. You know, let's leave it." You know, so that and like um, I think the guitars were cleared up. So in some spots where, um, I, from my perspective, I I was I actually d- didn't take a listen to it from a the perspective of where I would have been 25 years ago, which is good, a good thing, right? 
but um you know i wasn't listening like can you hear every single like nuance of my cool guitar part right it was more <laughs> like how does this sound of a, a, as a whole and that was actually how we took it right that i you know again i I remember when we were going to remix it, I was like, just, you know, like Jay wants, you know, should we send notes? I'm like, let's not send any notes. Let Jay take a pass at the mix like he would if he were just mixing a record that he just had all the, all the, you know, all the stems for, all the, all the tracks for. Because I didn't want to color it with any, any like old, like worries about the old record and, or, or worries about how the new record would sound. I just wanted to hear what he would do to it now. Wow. Yeah. So, so that was that, your idea. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I said that we should do that. Cause I remember us trying to get ready to give notes and I was like, can we not give notes? Can you ask Jay? Cause I think what it would, what would be better is if he, he takes a pass at it and then we can give notes after the first pass because I did not want, cause you know, the obvious notes would be make sure that my bass is louder, you know, like not me, but Todd, make sure you can hear the drums, make sure there's more kick. Make sure there's more low end in the bass. Make sure there's there's more um, separation in the guitars, you know. But really, I wanted him to just produce it like he would produce a record now. Yeah. And then we put some caveats in there, right? Like, don't you know? Like, because I guess he asked. I, I didn't. I didn't get this question, but I think he asked Bob. You know, do you want me to like? How far do you want me to go? You want me to auto tune stuff? Do you want me to do this stuff? And we're like, don't do any, any like. None of that. Like, because these days when you do a record, people will do that, right? They'll auto-tune, they'll do stuff like, and I, maybe something got tuned here or there, a hair, but if it was done, it was done in a not obvious way. I'm pretty sure it didn't get done, but we were very clear. Like, we're not going to redo guitars. We're not going to redo, right. like, oh, that, there's a bass fuck up there. Like, we wanted the essence of that record to be that record, right? And yep. so just take it as a modern mix. And that was it. And so, yeah, the drums are huge. The bass has a, a really deep, um, you feel the bass now, whereas in, on the, when you listen to the first record or, or the original mix on Master, it's there, you know, it's there, but it wasn't um, as prominent, you know. And the guitars have this, this, they do have a wider separation. And I think, too, with with distance, you know, like there's also like, you know, when we were in the studio recording, you know, um, Jay didn't know the band that well, right? So he's like, okay, well, this is the guitarist and this is the guitarist and I don't know which part should take precedence. But after listening to it for, or it being around for 25 years, I think you can, you start to pick apart, like, if you listen to it without us sitting in the room and saying, turn my guitar up, you know, like that becomes, it becomes like a, the things that should be popping out become obvious, Right. And that's what I wanted him to, to see, you know, so. That's beautiful. I didn't know that. I, the way that you kind of explain that, I love, like, it. you all took a step back and you're like, wait a minute, like, let him listen to it like he's fucking with it for the first time, which is what right. you you wish, like, that's how you wish that you got to hear your favorite record again, right? Remember when you, like, you totally. want that moment. You're like, I, totally. and so yeah. that's how yeah. this kind of feels for people. Like, you pretend you're listening to it for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I didn't, I actually, when I got the mix, I maybe A-B, the first pass, I maybe A-B'd a couple of things with the old mix, but I didn't even try to compare it. I just... I, I was like, well, let me hear it just for fun, just for fun, right? And I, and I A-B'd a couple of things, but 
I have such ADHD. I couldn't even I couldn't even spend the time doing ADHD. <laughs> really, I just listened to the new mix because that's what I wanted to hear. You know, and, and I, I listened to it like I would listen to a mix now, critically. Like, okay, cool. Let me listen. Cool. Yeah, everything sounds great. I mean, I think if I had any notes, they were super minor. Like, oh yeah, cool. That's great. Right. Right. Um, there was not a lot of notes, right? Because, uh, you know, it's it's the record in it, in and of itself is is really just that's and that's what I've been doing lately with other stuff that I do. I like to send my stuff out that I do, like other records, to someone else to mix. And then I give notes. I just like to do that because it, get, you know, un- unless I, there's something specific that I want to do. But um, but anyway, that's like that's neither here nor there. But I think it was a really, I feel like it was a great way to do it. And and Jay killed it. You know, he killed the record. It sounds it sounds great. It sounds big. It is the booms are where they need to be. The guitars are are nice and clear, and vocals are crisp. You know, I mean, I, I you know, I I don't think that it's like wow, this is like a hundred times better than it was. It's just like, no, it's just, it's a, it's a modern version of a modern treatment of the tracks that were recorded 25, 26 years ago. You know, um, that's fucking perfect. Yeah. I love yeah. that. What, one thing I loved about the marketing was the initial video that was taken some, uh, some, uh, B roll and some uh, outtakes from killing a camera. What, yeah. Did you enjoy watching that? And what was oh, some yeah, memories man. from I, it? I, yeah, to- totally. Right. I mean, like some of that stuff, like I hadn't seen some of it I had, but some of it I hadn't. And it was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, like where in the video where Damon like has the camera and he like takes it and says, come into my world or whatever he says. Right. And I'm like, this is so, I mean, so like how perfect was that? You know? So that, that was kind of neat. Um, and you know, watching those the the video again and, and stuff like, it's, I mean, it is, it's a long time ago. You know, it's you know that was ninety nine, so that would have been twenty four years ago that those that that the film was recorded, um, that they filmed it, and you know, it's there is a lot of lot of time between then and now. You know, and so it's uh, it's definitely looking at yourself and and your group with a with the lens of like you know being older than you were in that like being it being longer between the time that i'm looking at it now and then so like 24 years that that's way longer than i was than i was old i was 22 wow you know so so like 24 years later i'm looking at it with like 24 years more like life experience and just thinking about like where we were it's it just seems like a whole other life you know like has been lived since then like multiple lives you know i mean it's chapters in life and what i think is beautiful about it and i agree with you that but it's that you're able to celebrate that together with people that you've loved and been friends with and it kind of brings up like i've asked everybody this like why Yes, there's been ups and downs and and you guys get together and do that. But how are those tough conversations or how are those relationships between you guys? Um, how, how how has it stayed this way? You know, I, I'll be honest. I think with distance and with with time and distance and and um, and love, you know, I mean, we all, you know, I think we all found somewhere in our own 
hearts, you know, um, love for each other over the last, you know, 20 years, you know, I mean, if you talk about the reunion tour in 2004, like, yeah, we were all just excited to get back and do it. And of course I cared about those guys, but you know, in 2004, when we did our, our, our quote unquote reunion tour, um, we, we burned ourselves out the same way we burnt out right in, in the end of 98 and 99, right? We did a three month tour with like, you know, with an, another additional two weeks in Japan and then it was like, we, we don't want to see each other again. We spent, you know, four months in a van together. And we did the same thing to ourselves that we did in 99, right? Where we were just so um, living all over each other. Right. You know, but with that distance and, and with, you know, uh, uh, because those are memories that those types of things you don't just do with anybody, you know? That's, that's like, you can't, those things aren't recreated. You know, I think I remember thinking like, I'm going to take this, and like, cool, I'm going to start this other thing and it's going to be the same. We're going to have this awesome thing or, or, you know, it's going to be this, we're going to write the same way or whatever it is. And it's just not, you know, it's not. So it's really unique what the four of us bring to the table, especially in this band. And it always has been. Um, we've always been able to just like, even now get into a room and just, just play and 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 kind of understand where each other are coming from you know and i think you know with with age and 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 time you know any of the stuff that was bothering us back in the day about each other or or anything else that stuff is just like you know yeah man that's just how my friend is you know, it's like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, it, how, it, yeah. I mean, Todd mentioned this. It just kind of rolls off your back and you're like, okay, but you, there's a larger thing that's involved. We're like, we're here together. And it's, yeah. it, it was, it was more of a, um, him sort of being able to, I think saying the same thing you're saying that it's like, yeah, that's just how they are. And I'm probably just as annoying or just as funny or just as whatever. Yeah, ex- and yeah, exactly. you'll all figure it out. Exactly. And, and that's the thing. I think it's, you know, it's it's the years of knowing each other through so many different um, phases of the band, you know, even, right? Like getting back yeah. together, doing a reunion, doing other stuff, going and living our own lives, doing other things, and, and like, re- like real life shit, like uh, having kids and getting married and, and, and you know, uh, going through divorce for, for some of us and other things and, you know... Um, answer you know things like that like that stuff like all that stuff like you realize everybody has all this other stuff and so it's not just just about the band anymore it's about the guys as my friends too you know and but but truly i will say if you put you know braid can't happen without the four of us you know and so and i think that we always come back to that we always realize when we get together like man you know, maybe we should write, write again, you know, because like, this is fun. You know, I love playing these songs or whatever it is, you know, and like, maybe we've got more to do because, you know, I mean, that, that, that happens pretty much every time we get together for like something big and, you know, have we talked about writing together? I mean, again, it's not a, it's not like a, you heard it here first, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to, you know, I think Bob and I want to start writing, you know, and putting, putting some pen to paper and hand to guitar and, you know, I'm, I've been starting to to put some stuff into a, a, a folder that I want to share with him and and just 
start working. You know, he, he may start coming out here and we'll start working on some stuff. That's not, that's not the focus right now. We're focused on framing canvas and getting through this tour and, and really bringing this 25th anniversary, like reissue to life, like on stage too. Right. Because that's, that's the other, like, that's, that's at least half of it, if not more, you know, because um, we want to get out there and kill it. You know, we're not trying to just get up there and like phone it in, you know. I love that. One of the other marketing things I really liked um, was the playlist that you guys had of what your mixtape was back in 98. What were some of those songs that y- you were pushing back then? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I listened to um, constantly listened to the Cardigans first band on the moon record um constantly and uh we would listen to radiohead um okay computer for sure um but you know i was also listening to like louis armstrong like i was playing louis armstrong and and all the like whenever i just didn't know what to listen to i'd grab the louis armstrong tape and just play it you know um i just liked that stuff at the time i'm trying to think what else like you know if I could get away with it, I'd throw in some minor threat, but, but, uh, you know, that's hard to listen to when people are trying to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it wasn't like we all had, I mean, we did have Walkmans because we did have Walkmans, but it was really the van, the van tape deck, you know? And so we tried to do mixtapes and, and Bob would make a few, I'd make a few, everybody would make a few mixtapes and bring them in. And, and, you know, Todd's would have a lot of, um, uh, girl pop on it, like a velocity girl and things like that. And Bob's would have a lot of, um, singer songwriter stuff like, uh, Will Oldham and, uh, oh gosh, Red House Painters and, and, and bands like that. Uh, Modest Mouse was a big one in the van. I really, back then, for whatever reason, hated listening to Modest Mouse because I couldn't stand the, the out of tune guitars, but, uh, but there was always a couple of songs that I liked by them. And then, then actually I didn't get into modest mouse until, um, until I'm going to be, be total poser on this, uh, on there. Like when float on came out, I was like, okay, now I get what they were trying to do. And I went back and listened again and, and was like, oh yeah, I did like these songs. I kind of forgot, you know, but, um, I remember being like, Modest Mouse, do we have to listen to that? You know what I mean? Like, in the car. Uh, I know we listened to the At the Drive-In um, tapes, a couple of tapes from them. Yeah, man, it was like, and, and and sometimes it would be like, you know, tapes someone would give us, you know, and, and usually those wouldn't last too long, though, because, you know, they were like someone's friends band. And we're like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> Bob told a story that, that someone in Germany gave you no twist. That's right. The not twist. Not that twist. Was, yeah. Yeah. That was the, we listened to that nonstop that and, and, uh, the first Phoenix record, but that might've been on the reunion tour, the, the untitled, I think it was called mm-hmm. or, or whatever the first Phoenix record was, but the not twist. Yeah. Someone gave that to us and it was like, what is this? It was the greatest, uh, that song chemicals. Um, we covered that song because of that, you know, um back in the day we used to listen to that song and it was just so great it was so unique at the time they were doing like such a unique thing um uh yeah it was so that was cool i love that what else 
Yeah, Fugazi, Fugazi always made the, you know, made the rounds. Anytime there was a new Fugazi album, someone would bootleg it for us, and we that would be that would be the first thing and only thing we'd play in the van for for days, you know, months. Yeah. Todd uh, said that at your one of the last shows for when you guys were um, breaking up at that there was a giveaway and some and you gave away the the bag of mixtapes. And my question yeah, yeah. is, do you think yeah. those exist somewhere or do you think they're in the trash? Oh, my gosh. You know, uh, if it if it were in my car, it would have ended up in the trash eventually. <laughs> uh, or, or they would have just all broken, you know, uh, like it spilled like Diet Coke on them or something. But to, if I'm being honest, I, I would love it if they existed. That was a fun – that was the one of the final shows where we were spinning a wheel and we had all these things to give away from the van. Like we gave away, I think, a teapot that Bob used to use from tour and like just all like all the stuff in our van. You know, like we had a bag of mixtapes like and probably like Louis Armstrong was in there and, and all, like the Nah Twist and a bunch of other shit. You know, so, yeah. I think they're out there. I think someone listening right now is like, oh, my chance is here. Oh um, man, put them up on, put them up and sell them. Maybe you'll get something for them. <laughs> <laughs> or at least just digitize them and put them up as right. mixtapes, mix you know? Right. Um, yeah. I've asked everybody this, um, and I think it's fun. Describe um, the rest of the members in one word, okay? You can give a little story after, but I need one word, okay? Are you ready? Oh, God. First one, uh, I know, it's hard, <laughs> but we're going to do it. Uh, first one, Bob. Oh. Um. One word to describe your other band members, Bob. Hmm. It could be funny. It could be sweet. It could be mean. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to think of one word that sums up Bob, like, like, or um, the first thing that comes to your head. Yeah. Um, difficult. Okay. You want any context to that? Or you want to move on? Yeah. Um, it's, he's, <laughs> I'll give you, I'm going to give you context because I, I don't want it to sound like, like difficult, like, Oh, I, I hate working with it. No, not, not because of working with him. It's difficult to know where Bob is coming from hmm. most of the time. Like he's not, um, from my perspective, I don't understand where he's coming from most of the time. And it's not like a, not from a musical, like what we want to work on, like that, not from that perspective, just on a personal level. Like it feels like he's sometimes like keeps a lot of his personal stuff close to the, you know, close to the chest a little bit. Yeah. Now, now open, he, he, like if I ask and we talk and Hey, what's going on? Like that's different. You know, he'll, he'll open up and, and everything, but he doesn't, he doesn't, um, he doesn't offer up a lot, a lot of that. Right. Cause there's a, that I think it's also because he's always got, to, in the way that I see him, he's always got something cooking, you know, and Bob's always been a guy who's always had, has something cooking, like whether it's he's working on a list of fucking the 50 
books he read this year or the 50 of his favorite songs or he's always in the middle of of like projects and i think that's like it's 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 not difficult maybe it's it's like distant even because he's in the middle of these all these other things that are that are important in his mind and so it's difficult to understand where he is at any one time so yeah does that make sense absolutely i love that answer Mm -hmm. next one damon Damon. <laughs> oh. Damon. Um good. I just I'm just going to say the word good, right? He he is such a good guy just all around. He's good He's good. I mean, I, you know, maybe solid is the right word. He's solid all around, right? And I and I don't mean from from like yes, he's a solid drummer. We all know that he's an excellent drummer. Rips just a just, little bit on the drums. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> um, but but he's a um, he's genuine. You know, he's a very genuine person. I've given you three words now. But he's a very genuine person. Like he he cares. He um, he's very when he's when he's playing the role of when we like like for example right now he's like acting manager of the band right so he'll manage us do all the managerial stuff and and he and he like does it and he does a great job and but then you know he's also like like he and I. I send like stupid idiot reels to him on, you know, Instagram or TikTok or whatever. And, you know, he sends him, he sends stuff back to me and we just laugh. So he's goofy, you know, he's just, he's just good natured, good hearted, just all around, just friendly and good guy. I, I, you couldn't meet another person like, like that. I think ever he's just, he's, He's serious when he needs to be serious and he's, he's, he can joke when he, when he needs to joke, but he's a, he's a, um, he's just an all around good guy. That was perfect. Last one, Todd, one word to describe Todd. And you can give a story, which I'd love your beautiful words, but Todd, one word <laughs> for Todd. Um, Todd. Oh, let's see. Well, I have two words, but let me think. Let me think about it for a second. You can you, you can sneak one in in the description. <laughs> yeah, I will. You know, I will. Um, um I'm struggling on this one because I'm thinking of like three different angles and it's hard for me to pick an angle because, because <laughs> they're, um, each one of them is, is unique. Right. Um, let me just think for a minute. Even if you pick one and then you, you could mention the other two, I just think it's fun to hear the first word and then where yeah, it but goes. I think it's important which one I say. First. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it should tie them all together. <laughs> Um, okay. 
Todd is a okay. Here's what I'll say. Go for he's it. He's com- he's competitive, and probably didn't get that from anybody else, because Todd is also hilarious, and he's also um, he's also a good guy, and genuine and just real. But he's competitive, and the way he's competitive is is that I'm trying to think. He's competitive in, in his jokes, right? So so he's like you tell a joke, right? Like if I'm like I don't you know I'm not like hey uh, knock knock you know not that kind of joke, but but like um, but if like if I tell a funny story or whatever, Todd's got one. He's got one in the wings that he's going to tell you. Cause he wants to tell you his too, right? So. So it, sometimes, um, sometimes I, I call it a one-upper, you know, um, it, not on purpose. He's not sitting there waiting to one-up you, but he's got one. And it's a, I'm the same way though, right? Because I like to relate to people, right? And so when someone tells me a story, I'm like, oh, that's like this. I want to tell you this, right? So, but Todd's always got a story and, and he's also, he's competitive. He's also and I don't know if it's competitive by like, like consciously competitive. So let me, st- let me just put a caveat on it. It's also not conscious. Like he's got a lot of friends. Right. And so he'll be like, Hey man, um, yeah, if we're going to do that, I know somebody who can do this. Sometimes it can come off and it's, he doesn't mean it this way, but it can come off as like, a, like, Oh yeah, I know all these people that can do this, and I know this person. Right. Um, so it, it it he doesn't mean it that way, but it can come off that way. Um, but he's also hilarious. He he does have he is funny. He tells you know stupid ass like like Braid and you know just like any group of guys that hang out, we have our own almost our own language, you know, um, with the way that 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 we make jokes and we do things. And a lot of that's from me and Todd, you know, um, and, and Bob, you know, I mean, it's not just me and Todd and Bob, but, you know, I, I have uh, the uncanny ability to just make something funny. And Todd does too, you know, um, but he's, he's also, Todd's also always been our merch guy. And I think that competitive nature in that merch, like, because he's like, well, all right we have this final, it's always been this. And he's like, he's like, um, keeps track sort of not in the same way Bob keeps track. Cause Bob is a diligent note taker. Right. And, and diligent, like uh check boxer, right. Got this, 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 we went to this city, we went to this city, right. Yep. We haven't been to this city, but Todd's more like, we've got these versions of the merch. These did well. He he's always been our merch handler guy, so he knows what sells and what doesn't. And um, so, so he's he's got that savviness to him. Um, but he's he's also, you know, genuine. Just like just like in the in the same way that Damon's genuine, Todd's genuine also. And I wouldn't say that Bob's not genuine. It just doesn't roll easily off Bob. That 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 um that bit of it right because he's a little more guarded i just think that's just the way he's always been a little bit yeah i definitely pick up on that for sure oh my god that was beautiful yeah Yeah. chris that was a great job okay good that was great um 
any last words about framing canvas you excited to play live you're gonna play yeah, some man, songs I, you never I mean, got to play or rarely yeah. played rather yeah yeah we've we've played them all um and, and i don't know that um i don't know that we ever played collect from clark kent live before we did well that's not true but um i think we might have played it live once or twice or three times before we did the reunion like the 15 year anniversary of the record back when we toured in europe uh in the uk like uh 10 years ago and uh tony saxton came along with us for that because damon couldn't come um tony filled in on drums back then but in any case um uh yeah, collect from Clark Kent's a fun one to play. I'm excited to play the, the entire the entire record because the record itself, like it, you know, front front to back, I mean, it's a it's a pretty good record, and the songs are good live, and, and yeah, so I, I just can't wait to play it for people and have. I'm hoping that there's some, you know, that there's some new kids out that that haven't ever seen us that'll come out. I mean, I know that like, you know, we're of an age where some of my friends have kids who are like teenagers, right? who are like, and I have other friends who like teach school and they're like, oh man, my, my, uh, you know, the student in my class, like really excited about braid. And, and I told him I knew you and like, you know, we talk sometimes, but like, I have another friend who's like, man, I'm bringing my daughter to see you guys because she's like an old school emo fan. And she's like 15 and she like loves the record. And I'm like, fuck, you know, like I can't, and this guy came on tour with us in to like san diego in 1996 you know what i mean like so uh he was like our roadie for the tour you know so it's it's pretty neat it's pretty neat i, I can't wait to get out and play it for people it's gonna be awesome and honestly i can't wait to play like the encore where we get to play other songs too absolutely if it were up to me i wouldn't be doing it uh, not to be not because i i don't care about the 25 year anniversary i absolutely do because it's amazing but if it were up to me there there would be like other songs thrown into the main set right but that's what we do like an encore so there'll be other stuff too that's perfect hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Have a great evening. Thank you for staying up and, and doing this for me and, 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 and accommodating. Um, and yeah, it was really great to hear your voice again, Chris. No worries, Tom. I'm glad we got we got to do it. Thanks, man. All right, man. Peace. This is what you made it. Hi, David. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. You doing all right on a whatever fucking day it is, Wednesday? <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah, man, I'm doing good. So um, I'm talking to everybody about Framing Canvas. Yeah. And yeah, what a shitty album. I know. God, no one cares about it. There's not even an anniversary. Oh, wait, there's an anniversary and a tour. Um, <laughs> and you got a drum. What did you what did you <laughs> right. think when you heard that this was coming up again? Did you look in some other boxes? Were you kind of stoked to be within the process of like, oh, cool. What is this going to be? Do you, do you remember? 
that coming oh, up yeah. or was it, oh shit, it's 25. We got to figure something out. No, no, I definitely remember. I was, I was heavily involved. So Bob had sent us a text um, back in 2021 and it was a message he got from Jay Robbins, um, which you may have heard the story and some of the other guys may have told it or will be tell. I don't know, whatever. But anyways, but yeah, so he, he sent us a, we have a group chat. We've had a group chat um, uh, for a while. And so he, Bob uh, sent us a screenshot of a chat from Jay and, and Jay was like, dude, was that inner ear? They're getting ready to tear it down. And, and I came across the original braid frame canvas, two inch tapes. Do you guys want me to send them somewhere? Do you want me to bake them and digitize them? Do you, and then I sort of jokingly, I think he was kind of like, or do you want me to remix them? And so Bob had just sent it to us and was like, Hey, here's this, what do we do? What do we want to do? And then collectively, I think we're, you know, I, and, and it was probably Bob that was like, well, you know, 2023, will be the 25th anniversary. So that that's what got, got the, the ball rolling. Um, and so I took it from there. I mean, all four of us play some role in the band other than, you know, the, the instruments we play, but, but for the most part, for the longest time, I've been sort of, you know, I'm like the manager, you know, I'm the guy that takes shit on and rolls mm -hmm. with it. Right. Um, so yeah, I reached out to Jay and I was like, Hey, heard you got the stuff, you know, uh, let's talk. And then, um, and then I, I sent an email to Matt Lunsford and Seth from Polyvinyl and was like, Hey, Jay found the tapes and he's down to remix it. And 2023 will be the 25th anniversary. So would you guys be interested in maybe doing something? And pretty much like Matt chimed back uh, pretty much right away. And he's like, fuck yeah, we're in. That would be so much fun. And so that's what got the ball rolling. And then, and then I, I was the one working with Jay, you know, once he started remixing and the cool thing is like, he asked, he's like, all right, well, like, what do you guys, you know, like how far do you want to go with this? Because he's worked on some, some projects of remixing where the band, you know, band, whatever band he's, he was working with, you know, was like, yeah, I kind of want to redo the guitar tracks and maybe we redo some of the vocals, you know? And I'm like, no, we, we don't want to do any of that. Um, no need to. I think what we got is great, but what we really want is we want, a you know, we want a, a, a you know, an updated version of this. Um, I think there's probably, you know, this is, we're talking 25 years. So the technology alone in the studio has gotten much better. Um, you know, Jay, I think Frame and Canvas, if I'm not mistaken, but I seem to recall that was Jay's first time recording a full length, that inner ear. Um, and so it was all kind of new to him. And on top of that, the biggest, this is the biggest, uh, this is the biggest deal about 25 years ago. So we only had five fucking days to track and mix it. That's so fucking nuts. So, yeah, but at the time it didn't seem nuts. It seemed like, well, that's you know, that's what we that's what we do. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> like you know, it didn't seem crazy at the time, but it certainly seems crazy now. And so we had five days, you know, and so 
that record is what it is. And that's what we got out of five days. And that's tracking and mixing all together. And so, you know, but yeah, so, you know, Jay started going along with it. And, you know, I said, no, we're not redoing anything. Let's just, you know, see what you can get out of it. And then he would send the mixes to me first and I would forward them to the guys. And we talk about, you know, what, what sounded good, what didn't, and then just did some tweaks from there. But the cool thing is that, you know, Jay had, you know, really he had all the time to work on it, you know, because we started this back in 2021. And so, you know, he didn't, you know, wasn't like, okay, guys, you know, I only have five days to work on this. Like, fuck, we've already been there. Let's, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's step it up. But yeah, so that, that, you know, I was very involved in that and uh, very involved with, um, you know, Matt and Seth at Polyvinyl and getting that whole thing going. And um, talk you know, about and this stuff. Talking. Yeah, sorry, sorry. No, talk about this stuff with Jay because Chris brought up a point. He said that um, at some point it was going to, you know, Jay. Basically, Chris said, listen to it as if you're listening to it for the first time and then mix it. Yeah. So, so w- one of the things there is um, I had mentioned to the guys, I said, hey, you know, going into this, how do we want to do it? Do we want to, do we want to write down notes of like, do we want to listen to the original record and then write down notes on what we feel should be improved or could be improved? Or like, you know, if I wrote down notes, like, Oh, my kick drum isn't loud enough on this song, you know? And the guys overall were like, no, we don't want to do that. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want to put our notes. We want Jay to like have the faders all the way down and then start, start bringing them back up and like so cool. do it his way. Yeah. So that was a big thing. Um, Cause I didn't know. I mean, we, you know, we had never really, you know, remixed a record, especially, you know, a record from almost 25 years ago. So, but yeah, that was a, that was a collective decision that the rest of the guys so were like, fucking no, let's cool. not give them notes. Cause that's yeah. like, it's, it is, it, it, it's what every fan wants. You get to hear it again as if you're listening to it for the first time. And being able yeah. to, I think Bob mentioned, you know, he's like, I had no idea that there was this sound in this song because you guys were like, you had to, you had only so much time and, uh, you know, let's just put this yeah. down and move on. Like that's, that's when I know that that term that our parents are used to it and we're probably used to it from seeing records that say remixed or, you know, remastered. But like that story is so important to say that you kind of said, Jay, listen to it and just start playing with it instead of I want my thing mm-hmm. loud. And I just think that's come from such a pure place. Yeah. But- yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm glad we did it that way for sure. Um, yeah. And it just, we, we just, you know, we said, no, just run with it, dude. You, you, t- you listen to this as, as many times as you need to and start fucking with it. And then when you feel like you're at a place where you are happy with the mix, then send it over and we'll listen to it. And, you know, it didn't, there wasn't a whole lot of back and forth. There's some back and forth, you know, like, cause I know it's interesting too, because like, I know obviously as the drummer, right. I've got the drummer ears, Yep. but, but, but I also know what I play, uh, you know, uh, like kick drum, especially for me, um, where, you know, over all the years of listening to that record, um, there was there were certain songs or certain certain parts of songs that I would listen to and I'd be like, where's that kick? 
those kick hits are gone. They're not there, but I know I played them. It's, it, but it sounds like I didn't play them. And then when Jay was able to remix and we, you know, he was able to beef up the kick drum and get more clarity out of it because there was room mics that were being used to give it more of like a sort of echoey vibe, but it didn't really come through the way it would on other records. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of muddled everything. Um, and there was almost like this underlying warble. Um, and it just, it killed some of those notes. And so once he went through it, and he sent me some mixes. I'm like, there it is. There, there are the kick hits. I knew they were there. We just could never hear them. They never stood out. So, yeah, it was really, really cool for him to do and, you know, discover. But, yeah, little tweaks here and there. But, I mean, we really left it up to Jay. That's rad. Anything else about the sound or the, the remix that you found interesting or something you weren't expecting when you listened back? Um. Not necessarily. I mean, I think the my overall take on the full remix is that, you know, again, I, I kind of go back to this, like, there was this, like, sort of low-end warble. And everything was sort of in a, like, kind of in a vacuum. And, like, you, sure, when you listen to it, there are guitars, there's bass, there's drums, there's vocals. But it all kind of just mixed together you know it's like taking a taco salad and, and just mixing it all together and it's just a bunch of stuff there like it's it is it's still a taco salad but it's just all kind of mushed together but instead what what we got now and what jay was able to achieve is when you listen to it you can hear bob's guitar on one side and chris's guitar on one side and they're very clean and definitive like that is guitar you can hear the picking of the guitar bass guitar is like it's awesome same thing you can hear every single note and it stands out on its own each note stands out on its own and the same with the drums they're right where they should be the kick drum is right where it should be the snare everything is right where it should be and it's so much crisper and cleaner and it's like oh okay well this is what it really should sound like you know this is what we hear when we play alive essentially yeah. you know but like yeah, so it just it it just got cleaned up and everything now has its own place. And 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 like I know this is going to sound weird and nerdy, but like for me, I can visualize Chris's guitar and Bob's guitar and Todd's bass and the kick drum and I can visualize that. You know, when I'm hearing it, I can actually see it whereas before it was just kind of like, yeah, I mean it's good. When I had that realization after, you know, listening to couple couple of the first mixes i was like oh yeah this is this is it this is why we did this this is why we wanted to redo this you know and how about the packaging what would what yeah, what, so, what were you kind of stoked on or did you see some things you hadn't seen before because i know paul drake had shared some things and some others what what was some fun parts about putting that together yeah so like we you know we polyvinyl by the way polyvinyl you know from <laughs> Going back from, you know, when we first signed a contract with them back in 97 um, to now, the team that Paul, um, sorry, the, the team that uh, Matt and Seth have built, what an incredible label. I mean, they, it's like we, we had this one Zoom meeting um, mostly to talk about marketing. So this was a little bit later in the process, but it was like a full, I was like, man, I, this is great. I'm excited, but it kind of feels like work because this is a real thing. Like there's a lot of people 
there's a lot of marketing people and publicity and mar- you know d- digital st- all this stuff but but anyways but you know they had a whole great team and you know when it came to talking about the packaging like that's the one thing i was kind of lost on at first i'm like i don't know what we do i don't know what like what do we what do we do and honestly bob a lot of it was Bob's idea. So that in the actual album itself, it was Bob's idea for all four of us to write a little something about, you know, what this album means or the process or whatever, you know. It was his idea because I think one of his old bands did something like that. And so that's where that came up. And that allowed each page where our little blurb is um, kind of have, you know, some of our photos in there. So we were tasked with going through, like going through the archives, you know, I've got a box of photos and I've got a box of all kinds of old braid stuff. And, you know, so it, it came, it, it was nice. It was cool to go through some of that stuff. So there's photos of us in, in the studio at, at inner ear studio while we were recording this record that I took. So those were, that was my contribution nice. to it. Were all those photos from the studio um and so yeah i had to find those and pull them out scan them and then you know we, we had a dropbox to put them all in and then and then really it came down to polyvinyl and they had this guy jared um who did the redesign who took some of the andy mueller's original design work and then just added some stuff into it and then you know he had the idea of you know doing some um uh what is it called uh emboss embossing no? yeah 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 I don't know. I don't know why I was blanking on that, but yeah. So that, and then like, I didn't like, I saw like, you know, we got like sent proofs and he said, okay, everything in pink is what's going to be embossed. So it's like, okay, I think that's going to be cool. It's hard to tell right. on a computer screen. But then when I finally got the, you know, I think Friday, the that records came in the mail and I took it. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> this feels cool. Yeah, that's neat. Totally. Um, but yeah, so that whole process was really fun to go through. And, and, you know, I think it was really cool that all four of us were able to put our perspective on that time. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I think it's totally worth for everybody listening to. I, it, it felt it, it just like the record itself. It Everyone had their own page, like you said, and they were able to share their perspective um, on the record. Yeah, and it was, it was cool to seeing, um, you know, because we have a whole Dropbox full of tons of stuff so todd bob chris everybody went through their stuff everyone went through their archives and you know going back you know to 97 basically um you know none of us had like digital shit you know we had like right so there's a lot of like press clippings and ticket stubs and you know actual photos that we had to scan so it's really cool going through some of that stuff and then seeing it all you know out there you know in the actual gatefold and insert and all that stuff so yeah it's really fun you know just kind of walk down memory lane like it's all stuff that you know we haven't forgotten about but when you don't see a lot of that stuff like i don't see bob's photos right i don't see what bob has in his you know box you know he's like a physical you know tote of things so yeah it was really cool to see all that what about um what i loved part of the marketing was the video that you had there was some outtakes and stuff from the killing a camera stuff yeah um and you're fucking hilarious in it what did you think when you <laughs> when you saw those clips of some of the some of the b-roll it was cool because like like obviously i've seen the finished version of right. killing camera vhs and then you know a few years later the dvd 
Um, but yeah, so it's cool that, uh, we got all that B B roll stuff and like, you know, we, we like, I talked about wanting to put a video together and I'm like, really? I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of footage flying around somewhere, but like the stuff, the, the only stuff that I could really think of was the stuff that Charles from Bifocal Media filmed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, well, you know, let's hit him up, see if he's got some stuff. And like, nothing was digitized, but he was so gracious. And he said, I got a whole box of these tapes. I mean, if you guys have means to digitize them, have at it. And so he literally sent a box of all of his tapes and polyvinyl found somebody to digitize them. And they did it pretty quick. And then they were able to pull stuff together. So yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, I mean, it's funny too, like, cause for, uh, for me, I don't know if anyone else thinks this and I'm not talking about just anyone else in the band or I, I'm more so talking about anybody else out in the world. I don't know if anyone else thinks about this like I do, but like, it's cool to have that video footage, but that was from 1999 when we were breaking up. Interesting. That was our, all that footage was from the last five shows that we were, the, the last five shows we were ever going to play laughable now. Right. Um, but, um, but that's what that video footage is from all that killing and camera stuff. When we decided we were going to break up, but we we're going to do shows. That's when bifocal hit us up and said, Hey, why don't we capture this and do something with it? And so that's what all that footage is from. So it's kind of funny to think like that was the first, you know, that's when we decided to break up and those are our final shows. But this, that video footage is used being used for, uh, framing canvas. I love but the anyways. I know I love the way you describe that. You're totally right. Like because you watch it and you're like, oh, that's the end. But now it's it turned <laughs> into almost a you know a, a a a tool for something later. Like you had no idea that that was going to happen. I think that's really cool. I think that's I don't know. I think that's a cool yeah. circle moment for it. Full circle no, moment. It's definitely cool. It's a, and but I just think it's laughable thinking back at when we. I mean, at the time, we, we really had no other choice other than to break up. Right. Like, just where we where we were at that time, that was the only reasonable decision that we all made was to just end it, right, and go on and do other things. Um, and then we and then fast forward five years, we do a quote-unquote reunion tour, which was a blast, by the way. That was a fun tour. But then, I you know, after that, we just kind of – told each other like well you know what what who cares like we're not broken up we're just not gonna be an active band unless there's a reason for all four of us to want to do something and so very much like this and that that was that's always been an agreement and we've always been a a a band a band that works on democracy if there's one person in the band that isn't comfortable doing something we don't do it like we don't beat it. We don't try to sell people on stuff. We're not, you know, um, like all four of us have to be into it to do it. So like this remix remaster, clearly we were all into it. There's no, there's no discussion. It was like, Oh yeah, everyone was super into it. And then we're like, well, I guess if we're going to put it out, just play some shows. Yeah. And every, and again, everybody was into it. If one person wasn't into it and vocalized it, we wouldn't do it. For anybody listening, uh, you know, that's like, well, you know, uh, do they really want to do this? Do they really want to revisit 1998 and go through all this shit? And do they really want to play shows? The answer is yes, we do. It's fun. It's exciting for us, you know, because we don't like none of us are in full time bands anymore. Um, 
And so, and, and, and looking back at that time, looking back at the time we, we spent recording with Jay at inner ear and all the touring we did to support framing canvas, you know, for the short amount of time that we did before we quote unquote broke up, that was all enjoyable. Like we really fucking enjoyed that. So revisiting it and going back into our, you know, tote bins stored away in the attic to find, you know, photos and press clippings and, you know, stuff like that. Like that's actually fun. Like we're giddy about it, you know, and, and we're like, we're super happy the way everything turned out. And we're even more excited to go play fucking shows. You know, that's like, we got together and rehearsed in March and it was a fucking blast. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one thing that I, if it's funny having everyone talk about is, uh, one of the other marketing things you guys did was the playlist of all the songs from the van at that time. Oh yeah. And yeah. what songs did you, um, did you, uh, put in there or that, that you would put on the road and, and which ones were you not so stoked on hearing from other people? And I know that it was the driver, right. That, that, that ruled the roost on the, uh, which, which, uh, uh mixtape yeah. or record was being played. Correct. That is that is true. Yeah, that that was that's always has been and still is. That's that's the rule of the van. Whoever's driving gets to choose what music is played. The guy in the back has no say in it. <laughs> if you want to step up and and put yourself <laughs> behind the wheel, then you can listen to whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> what were some of your favorites? But, um, oh man, you know I, I don't have the list in front of me, so I. Just name some bands well, that wait, when, when when you're on the road and you were like, I, I'll, I'll say this because you are last. Everyone makes a crack about Modest Mouse with Bob because I guess oh, he was yeah. playing I, Modest Mouse a ton on those on yeah, those on, on that tour. He did play a good amount of Modest Mouse, and <laughs> I've never personally been a fan. Um, I've grown to appreciate them, but I don't listen to their stuff. Like I don't. It's not on my iTunes. I don't have any of their stuff. Um, I don't think I, I, I don't think I really added much to be honest. Because what about stuff you were playing be, when you were driving? I mean, I probably played. I think. I mean, I probably played uh, Cardigans. Um, trying to think if it was out yet. Maybe Ivy. Mm-hmm. That may have been later, but. Um, but oh, oddly enough, there was <laughs> oh man, this is funny. There was a t- we were, I don't remember where we were, but we went into a record store, and because I think we only had a cassette player, I found Third Eye Blind's first record on cassette, and I bought it and I put it in the van and listened to it because that record, I'll be honest, I still there's some bangers. enjoy that record. There's some bangers, yeah. yeah. It's for what it was. It's fucking, it holds up, dude. It's good. Um, and no one else appreciated that. But, you know, the, like, I, I, I would always make, like, mixtapes. Um, I don't know, just random stuff. But, I mean, so much of what everyone else put on there is, like, I would say the, another big one is the knot twist. Everyone's um, mentioned that. Without me prodding i think chris i mentioned it because everyone's but everyone told that story where someone gave you that tape remember you get a tape you throw it in the van it lasts about two seconds and then you wing it out the window i guess everyone lost their mind on it yeah no we were all really into it it's just like it was so different from anything else we were listening to um and yeah i mean it yeah we that was that was a big one we rocked that quite a bit but 
Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to yeah, like. Yeah, I think. And again, by the time I got to like adding the songs I wanted to put on this particular playlist, um, I there were a couple songs that I put on the list, and I and then I went went down and read the list. I'm like, oh shit, Crispin beat me to that, or Todd <laughs> beat me to that, you know. So I really didn't contribute much. I know the one that I did contribute was um, "They Might Be Giants" song, the Sun mm-hmm. song. Um, is that was that's something to this day we will still sing out loud we don't have to listen to it we just know the lyrics and it's just ridiculous so it's, you guys would sing it it's a hundred percent yeah yeah totally it was, it was so, so fucking if, nerdy so if you ever had like an encore of an encore like the crowd wouldn't leave you know you've already played everything you you guys could do that we could bust it out, yeah. Yeah, okay. All yeah. right. I'm going to... Yeah, gonna... I don't think we know the music to it. <laughs> yeah, it no, no, I'm saying it would be like a Huey Lewis in the News acapella kind of thing. It would, it would be... definitely be an acapella <laughs> moment that we could pull out. Okay. 100%. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for uh, adding that. Um, one thing Todd mentioned, which I found hilarious, was that you guys at the last show had a big wheel and you'd spin it and someone won the bag of mixtapes. And, I'm, and yes. I want to ask you, do you think those are still around do you think someone still has them or do you think they're uh gone to greener pastures i mean so there's the side of me that really hopes that they're still in existence like whoever got them i hope they still held on to them i still i hope they're still around um but then there's the side of me the, the 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 reality side of me who's already done this myself and I had for years and years and years that I moved from state to state to house to house, apartment to apartment. I had a big box of tapes. And then one year, several years ago, I finally fucking went through that thing. And I think it was mainly because like we have a lack of storage at our house. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I'm like, you know, let's be honest. What the fuck? What am I going to do with these tapes? You know, like I just, you know, and I did keep a few. I couldn't tell you which ones I kept. So I don't remember, but somewhere I do have some tapes. But otherwise, I purged, man. I got rid of so much stuff. So maybe whoever got those tapes back in 1999 has done the same thing, and those are in a landfill somewhere. But I really hope they do exist. Well, I hope they're, I hope they're listening, and maybe they'll come to one of the shows and, ha- and hand you a mixtape that you can wing out the window when it sucks. <laughs> that would be pretty <laughs> That would be pretty awesome. Well, you know, that that's the old joke, right? The, uh, like, it's so terrible, too. It's really addicting. But um, I don't know that we did it so much um, in Braid. But, you know, in my later years of touring, it definitely happened where, you know, someone would give you their demo and be like, dude, check it out, you know, whatever. Like, I don't, you know, we're not a record label. We're a band. So I don't know. We're not going to be able to sign you. But they, you know, I think the hope is like, maybe you'll give it to Polyvinyl. Right. Maybe you give it to whatever label or maybe you guys like it and you want to bring us on tour. Right. You know? I mean, fuck it, dude. If you're, you know. Yeah, shoot your shot. I, yeah. It's like, why not? But then the, the, then the fucking, the terrible joke of. Yeah, we got a perfect label for these guys to get signed to. They're going to sign to Roadside Records, and then you toss it out the window. <laughs> Terrible. That's Shitty. that is that is a that is a that label does nothing for bands. I tell you what, Roadside Records, <laughs> no. they have worse no. problems than Victory. 
<laughs> yeah, they're yeah, but it's still a very popular label. It's so it is it is very popular. It's very popular. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's, yeah. it just makes me feel guilty for ever being a part of anything like that. No, you're fine. Uh, earlier, I have, I have a I have a few more. Um, if yeah, of course, what makes braid work? You talked about democracy earlier. Anything else that I, Pete, guys, the all, all all the guys have said some really great things, and you might touch on all of them, but I I just like this kind of open ended. Like, what makes it work for you that that you feel when 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 you hear that question? I uh, my my initial response, my initial answer is humor. I I think that's a big key of our band. Like we we can even even when shit got you know serious towards the end there. Um, you know, we're still able to, you know, we, there's a lot of jokes. There's a lot of laughter on the road. Um, and there's a lot of like, there's a lot of inside stories. There's a lot of, you know, things that no one will ever know. No one, if you're just walking in the dressing room one night and we're just busting up laughing and you caught the tail end of why we're laughing, you wouldn't understand. Like, it's just silly shit, you know, just things that people have said on tours. Um, yeah, just, and I just think everybody's funny. I don't know that I'm funny necessarily. Cause I think like Todd is probably the funniest guy. Um, you know, and Bob's got a great sense of humor and, and I think poor Chris, you know, we just, we found ways to laugh at him and things that he used to do. Um, because really it was sort of laughable um uh but I, yeah i think humor really keeps us going because you know without it it's like it's just sterile it's not fun so if we can laugh if you see us laughing you know we're enjoying ourselves we're having fun we're you know we're, we enjoy what we do because if we didn't enjoy what we did and if we didn't enjoy remixing this record and if we didn't enjoy going through our tote bins of old photo photos and flyers we wouldn't do it we just wouldn't do it and that's always been again that you know we, we are a band that really believes in you know democracy and we all have a say and it's got to be you know four votes to be able to do something um i love but, it but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, if we're not, if we don't want to do it because it's not enjoyable, then we're not going to do it. I mean, you know, honestly, for this particular tour that we're going to be doing in July, I told the guys a long time ago, with what I do in my work life outside of the band, um, I know I'm going to be working from the road. And I've done, whenever we've done shows before, whether it's Hey Mercedes or, or Braid, you know, years, a couple of years ago, whatever, um, I usually work from the road. And what I've done in the past is like, I'm the de facto manager and I'm, I'm the, I'm always going to be the tour manager and I'm always going to be the finance guy. Right. I'm, I'm handling all that stuff and I'm booking all the hotels and I'm booking all the flights and I'm doing all that stuff. Cause that's what I've done professionally for a long time. So it's just sort of one of those things, but I told the guys, I'm like, listen, I'm going to be busy doing stuff. Uh, we have to bring a tour manager we have to bring someone who's going to advance all the shows and, you know, get the meal buyouts and hand them out to us and settle the show uh, at the end of the night, because I've done it before. And ultimately I don't enjoy it. Like I can't, it's like, for me, it just becomes a job. Right. And you're and in braid. No longer, yeah. Right. It no longer becomes fun. Whereas like, you know, we get done with the set, 
you know, show's done and everyone, you know, goes out to the merch table and hangs out and talks to people and, you know, but here I am, I've got to go grab my laptop and I got to go meet with the promoter and settle the show. That's and not get the fun. final settlement and get paid and then all that stuff. And then the next day in the van, I'm on my laptop doing spreadsheets and making sure the money's all in the right place and all that shit, you know? And it's like, it's just a job. And, you know, I, I think like that's a part, that's part of what happened to me with towards the end of Hey Mercedes is I was doing all the managerial stuff. We got a manager towards the end and that didn't work well, but like, I was doing, you know, when it came time to like, okay, let's talk about making a new record. I was like, oh, it sounds like a fucking job. Like, I'm not excited about it because I, I got burnt out. You know, mm. I was doing everything. And so that was a big thing for me going into this. And I, and I told the guys, I'm like, listen, we got to, you know, I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm an, I've already, I've been doing a lot of stuff. Like I opened up our ba- a business bank account and I got a business credit card and uh, you know, I talked to my accountant on the best way to do that and set up all the, you know, business stuff. I've done all that. And I will, you know, I'm going to end up being the guy at the end of the year come tax time that has to deal with all that stuff. Um, and that's fine. But when we're on the road, I just want to be a drummer. You know, I just want to play drums. I don't remember the last fucking tour I've done where I was just a drummer, you know? And so, I just want to, I want to have that again, because I used to have it at one point and then it went away. And, you know, listen, if I, if there's ever a point where I didn't really want to do it, I could say, I don't really want to do it. And that's what I did this time. So that's why we'll have a tour manager out there who can deal with all the business side of things. And I can fucking have fun as a drummer. I love that. I got, I got, Um, I got two more things for you. Describe mm-hmm. the band in one word, and we're going to go b- by the other band members. Now, you can do a little story after, but one word to describe them. And are you ready? Okay, wait, hold on. So one word to describe the band. A member of the band. So I'm going to go through a each member, member of, of the band. We're going we're gonna to go oh, through the okay. other three guys. Everyone else has done it. So this is fun for me because I'm hearing what everyone else says about everybody. Um... And it's it's not mean. It's just it's whatever comes to your mind. And every people have been sweet. People have been funny. People have been um, everything in in between. Nothing mean. Nothing nothing uh, bad. It's just more of a, a I think a really sweet way for you guys all to hear what everyone else said about you. And you you have to hear the show to listen to it. Um, and right, then, right, right. so yeah. so describe the band members in one word. And we're gonna start with Bob. Um, shit. This is tough. It and is. by the way, shit is not the one word. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, give me a sec. Give Take me a second time. here. Chris, Chris took some time. I will say, Todd had him ready to go. Todd was like, had, had him cocked and loaded. Like, he knew all of them so quick. <laughs> Well, the thing is, like, I could just, I could just rattle off some words, but I may then, you know, listen to it and be like, I don't know why I said that. I don't know. I felt, take I felt like time. I was up against the clock. Take, yeah. take, take um, your time. That's why. I, that's why I edit. Uh, and and you and you can give a story. You can say this is why I said this. This is why you're happy to. But I think one word to describe Bob. I would say okay. 
Um, I'm going to say bookworm. Okay. Bob, Bob loves books. Bob loves books. When I think of being in the van on tour and Bob is like, Bob will drive, you know, but like a lot of times he's all, he's, he's always in the back. And I just, I have so many memories of turning around and Bob's got his reading glasses on. Cause then that was the only time you wore glasses when he was reading. He always had his glasses on. He had his headphones on and he had a book. He was all, he was always in a book and he's a list maker too. Like any journals and writing. So any like book, you know, notebook, book. Yeah. Bookworm. I like that. I like that. All right. Next one, Todd. Todd. Dad. <laughs> Explain. Todd's a dad. So, like he, and this isn't in a bad way, but like I think Todd is probably the, for me personally, I think uh, Todd is the funniest guy in our band. He makes me laugh the most. Um, but, um, so, I, I could have said comic but not really but like when i first joined braid todd was the guy that did all the he did everything he booked shows and he he dealt with the record label and all that stuff but after i came in like that was just sort of what i did in all my other bands and so i, I took over like i was the guy that talked to the label and i was the guy that you know talked to the booking agent and the publicist and i was that person and i still am I, that that never went away no one else has taken that position um but but so for that, like he was the organizer and he was always the guy like, all right, we got to get up at this time. We got to go. We got to do this. Let's, you know, and this is how the van gets packed. This is where the gear goes. And like he, he always knew that like the rest of us could figure it out. But that's just sort of the role he took, which is very much like if you think about your dad, when you're going on a family vacation, you're packing the minivan and you're going driving out west, going to Yosemite or whatever, you know, Todd's the guy that's going to, you know, he knows the pack. Everything's got its place. And, you know, if the, you know, if the band broke down, Todd, we always relied on Todd. Like, don't count on any of us to try to get this fucking van fixed. Because <laughs> that is, we'll be stranded here. <laughs> but, yeah, just that Todd was always that guy. And Todd, you know, bought the van. And Todd kept the van, in, you know, at his house in Champaign. And, you know, he would always take it in to get it fixed and serviced before the before we'd hit the road. So yeah, dad. I like that one. That's a great one. All right, last one, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh fuck. I don't Oh boy, Chris. What the fuck? One word. No. That's the toughest yeah, that's the toughest part of it. Um <laughs> Oh, Chris. <laughs> Anxious. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So memories yeah, of man, memories of him being anxious. <laughs> Chris is he's always had a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um but but you know, but at, listen, at the same time he he was a funny fucking guy. He is a funny guy too, you know. Like he's, he would do some crazy stuff, and um, you know, get 
pretty wild, but, um, but he, you know, he, so he would always want to sit shotgun because he, he had to wear a seatbelt. And if you sat in the back of the van, the van that we had, um, didn't have seatbelts. And so he was always, you know, he was the only one that really cared about that. he's like, I just, no, I can't, I like, I'll freak out. Like I need to sit shotgun. I'll freak out. And, um, uh, and like flying, like, like, you know, I, I booked us some flights to go from, to go out to fly out to San Francisco, uh, this July. Um, cause I found some good flights. And, uh, so I was, I was messaging, messaging the guys like, Hey, I'm about to book these flights. Yeah. Well, like what a, w- remind me your seat preferences, window aisle. And I remembered Chris, I, mean, I didn't even have to ask him. He's no, an, no he's wait, an aisle. aisle. He has to be aisle. He's an aisle. Yeah, because he doesn't totally know if he's going to go to the bathroom or not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. like he just, yeah. And I think there's like something he doesn't want to look out, you know, the window, and like he doesn't <laughs> enjoy flying. Um, so, so I already knew it. So like I had already booked, I had already clicked on his and picked him an aisle. Um, Can you tell me the but, other ones uh, quick? Who uh, is 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 Todd? Tell me he's middle or like whatever. Remember, like a dad always gets the whatever seat. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, probably. Well, no, not a, no one. No one chooses the middle, right? I mean, no. I think I think Todd was. He may have been a whatever, but I think maybe he had said window. But okay. I think he's kind of like I don't give a shit. Window See, aisle that's what I'm matter. saying. That's what I'm saying. It's dad. <laughs> Dad's yeah. like whatever seat. It's, I I just need to get to Topeka. Just get me there. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. And then Bob. What about and Bob? Bob's window. Okay. What about you? Yeah, I'm an aisle. Yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm aisle I'm all the aisle. way. I love aisle. I... Unless I'm flying with my wife. Right. Um. Because then you can easily get out without asking because exactly. it's your wife. Yeah. Right. It's not a big deal. And I do enjoy the window because I do – I like looking out. I like looking out the window. I, I, I enjoy – there was – listen, there was a time when I had a really bad fear of flying. And we were doing – and it was, it was towards the end of Braid and we were doing – we had gone to Europe twice. We went to Japan, Hawaii, all this shit. And I fucking hated flying. Now – Fun note, our manager at the time was Kim Coletta. Oh, hell yeah. from Jawbox. Say no more. She managed us. Yeah, she managed us for, for a little while. And and I and her and I would have long conversations on the phone. Um, talk about all kinds of shit. Obviously, music stuff, you know, because again, I was the guy that dealt with the manager and the right. publicist and the label and all that stuff. So I'm the one that, you know, Kim and I would talk about a bunch of stuff and and I told her my fear of flying, because again, we were doing, you know, Europe twice in one year and Japan and all that shit. And I was telling her about my fear of flying and she used to have a fear of flying. And then she went and took a fear of flying course at um, somewhere in DC, one of the DC airports. And so she gave me a little, some tidbits on stuff, you know, like statistically a plane has never crashed due to turbulence. And when you hear noises underneath you, uh, it's not because something fucking is breaking. Uh, it's because those are the gears. Those are, you know, that's, that's what working. you're hearing. You're hearing. Yeah. That means shit's working and flying on a bigger plane is safer than flying on a smaller plane. Cause I had this thought like, well, bigger plane, more shit that could go wrong. Right. 
like that was my right mentality. No, our little it's puddle jumpers up. are worse. Right, but I was like, well, less things, you know. It's yeah, smaller. we're not going as high, you know, whatever. But yeah, so like I was really freaked out, and I, I remember um, we were coming back. I think this was not in '99. I think this is one of the like, not maybe it was 2004. Could have been. I think it probably was. We went to Japan then, and we were coming back from Japan, and we had taken off, and it was nighttime, and they they were just getting ready to serve me the meal, the the dinner service, and I was fucking starving too, and I think they had just served it, and um. And everything was going smooth, and then the plane dropped. Like it's fucking, it just fucking dropped. I don't know how you know much of a drop it took, but my food tray went. It just raised up, and it was like eye level with me, and I was like, "That's not right." <laughs> and then, of course, it comes crashing down, and like my roll, you know, falls on the floor. The one and, like, thing that was going to sustain you, that roll, was like right. ready to be eaten. Right. Fuck. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And then, um, but oddly enough, and this is the funny thing, because Chris doesn't like flying, but I look next to me or like, I, it wasn't directly next to me, but it was like one row back. There's Chris <laughs> and our, and our tour manager at the time, this guy, Dave, they had both started drinking at the airport and were drinking more on the flight. And then when that happened, I'm scared shitless. I'm probably white as a ghost and I'm swiped. You know, white knuckling the you know the the the, the armrest, <laughs> thinking we're crashing over the Pacific Ocean or whatever. And I look back at them, and they both have their arms up in the air as if they're riding a roller coaster, and they're just screaming, like with joy, just to- total, like happy, joyful, like they're you know, they're not afraid. They're just, but they're because they're wasted. They're like, oh fuck it. <laughs> Bring us more beer. Bring us more wine. <laughs> did, uh, did did you get fed again, or did, did was that it? No, I, I think that was it. Yeah. So I mean, there ro- was still some. There was something. Yeah, there. I didn't lose everything. But yeah, no, like yeah, <laughs> but I was like, God damn it! Oh, As they're but... screaming behind you, woo! <laughs> yeah, exactly. But thanks, yeah, Chris. So, yeah. I, but I had a so I had a fear of flying. So the whole point of that story was, I for the longest time. That's really what got me into being an aisle guy, because I had this thing where if I look out and I see the wing flapping around, you know, um, which that, it's which it's was, supposed to do, which it's supposed to do, but that doesn't com- that didn't compute with me. Right? It didn't <laughs> like my brain couldn't register that. Um, and it just seems scary as fuck. And I'm like, okay, well, let's not look at that. Let's sit in an aisle. I and like that. Let's just look, let's look at the interior. Here we are. Everything's together. Everything's in its place. <laughs> you know, I'm, you know, everything seems normal here. So that's what got me into the aisle. Now I I love the window, but I just I don't like if I got to get up, man. I I don't want to be confined. Me too. So I I, I don't want to ask two people or three people, and uh, you know, the guy just put his meal down, or you know, you could tell just passed out. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 All right. So if you ever yeah, book in my flights, or uh, you know, just remember, just add me as an aisle, okay? Thank you. Yeah, okay. I got you, man. Thank you. I got, I Thanks, can Damon. That really Thank you, easy. Damon. Um, <laughs> got it. 
Um, any last words? I think you are going to be last in the episode, and I'm actually kind of stoked that you are because you said some of the funniest shit. Um, and I'm <laughs> so any any last words about framing canvas? Any last words to the fans? You can be as cheesy as you want, or you can do something that you've been wanting to say about the record. But just open floor for you to talk about framing canvas. Um. Hmm. No, Tom. I, mean, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, my minutes are almost up. <laughs> remember that when you Oh totally. <laughs> I remember the first girl to text me when text messages were 25 cents. I remember berating her, being like, "Do not text me like eight times." Yeah. That was $2. That was $2 yeah, that you cost, cost me. me. <laughs> she cost me money and I have no it? money. I have no money. <laughs> <laughs> right exactly. Course, All right, sorry. Last words, thoughts um, about frame canvas. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, for me, with this record, it's been uh, like, so you know, we've had the 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 remix, remastered versions for a while, and um, you know, we've had the ability to listen to them whenever we wanted. But it's really like since April seventh when the record actually came out, and I went because I like I, I have the vinyl now, but I like I don't listen to records, you know. I mean, some people might be like, oh. <gasps> what but i don't i don't listen to actual records like vinyl records um so i you know i primarily use itunes it sounds better so that day the record came out i went on itunes and i bought the record and so like now i have it i have the official version that everyone else has and i'll be honest man i've been listening to it a lot and i'll tell you why and the reason i've been listening to it a lot because I, band people most band people, when you record a record, especially when you record a record 25 fucking years ago, you don't li we don't listen to it. We don't sit over. There's so much better music out there. That's what we all think. There's so much better music out there to listen to. So why am I going to listen to this shit I already know that I've already heard? But ever since a record came out and I know that it's finally public and people have it and I've been listening to it a lot in the car and I'm and I, I listen to it because it, it makes me happy. I'm giddy. I'm like, oh man, it's fucking awesome. This record really sounds good. I mean, it was cool before, but now it sounds really fucking good. And I happen to have a really, you know, shit sounds good in my car. I've got a nice, you know, sound system in my car. And I've just been, you know, it's been really exciting listening to it. And it, the more I listen to it, the more I get excited about playing shows. And it makes me think about what it's going to be like when we all get in the van and go on tour and how fun that's going to be and how much fun we always have. And the normal, usual wake up in the morning from the hotel, get in the van and drive to the next city. But what that, what that means going to breakfast together, you know, stopping when someone's got to take a piss other than Bob, because Bob always has a gallon jug of water that he drinks all of it. And then he pisses into the empty jug. That's what he does. <laughs> but it's like shit like that. Like, you know, that's, that's fun that, you know, that, and again, the whole reason for us doing any of this is because we're excited about it. We're, this is actually fun for us to do. It's not, it's not, you know, like, Oh, I got to go relive, you know, fucking 25 years ago. Like, can't, can't that just be, you know, in the past and can we just leave it fucking there? No, it's, it makes us all happy and that's it. You know? And when we go play on tour and we're, you know, you come see us play live, if it looks like we're having a lot of fun and it looks like we're happy, it's because we are. It's like, that's legit. We're not putting on a face. Like, 
we don't have to do this. We don't have to do any of this. And again, there could have been one out of any one of us four. If only if there was one person that didn't want to do this at all, it wouldn't be happening. I wouldn't be talking to you tonight, Tom. This podcast, this wouldn't go out. It wouldn't happen. But we all actually really want to do it, and it's a lot of fun. And so hopefully anybody who's hearing this new remixed, remastered version of the 25th anniversary edition of Framing Canvas, if you knew the record before and you're listening to it now, what I hope is that you're getting as giddy as I am listening to it. Like I'm happy. I'm excited. It actually excites me to listen to it and think about what we did to make it and all the years that have passed. And the fact that, you know, honestly, the fact that we can all still be here physically absolutely, and physically able to go out and play. Absolutely. So the fact that we get to do that, that's a fucking win right there, first of all. And second of all, it's a win that we get to go play these songs and the four of us, buds, you know, we do stay in touch with each other, but it's not like we don't get on like weekly Zoom calls and shoot shit, you know, that doesn't happen. So, you know, the time that, you know, we've been able to spend with each other working on this thus far has been awesome. And then the time that we'll get when we go on the road in July and then we go play festivals in September, October, whatever, um, you know, that I'm very much so looking forward to. And, uh, and again, I really hope that, when, you know, when people listen to this record, they're excited about it. They're ha- it makes them happy. It brings them back to a place when they first heard the record, whether it was, you know, 25 years ago or maybe they first heard the record five years ago, I, whatever it is. But hopefully we've been able to put out and deliver a better sounding record that when you hear it, you're like, oh, fuck. Okay. I'm stoked. I'm excited because that's how it made us feel. So that's it. That's all I'll close with. That's fucking perfect. Damon, God Dropped damn it. it. You with the fucking encore. I love it. Great job. I really, I <laughs> really. Save the best for last, right? Yeah, no, of course, of course. I mean, Tito did it, but yes, save the best for last. Um, yeah. <laughs> 